may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. And welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we broadcast live each and every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 to p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. We're simulcasting as we speak on Blog Talk Radio. That's BTR. And you can watch us live and by archive normally on our YouTube channel. The links to each audio and video broadcasting venue can be found at our home base at HagmanandHagman.com. Now, we don't have cameras up tonight. The reason we don't have cameras up tonight is because we're working in the studio we decided to um, change a couple of things to make it better, more interactive, and, and that's coming. And, but we had a, we actually we we between Friday and today we had to kind of um, do this. Well, for reasons, um, we'll just we'll just say we had to do this during program hours. Okay, so we we can't show you what's will be. Uh, will be displayed tomorrow with our in-studio guest, which I am so excited uh, to have him in studio, and that is author Jack Cashel. He's coming out with a new book, or has come out with a new book, and uh, if you've never heard about, never heard of Jack Cashel, if that is the case, then are you in for a treat? Because July fifth, you can read. Jack Cashel's new book. It's about TWA Flight 800, the crash, the cover-up, and the conspiracy. Now, he's going to be in studio with us tomorrow. How do you like that? We've gone from, we've gone from what? From, well, from broadcasting in, we, we went with, from, with what, tin cans and string. We went from a, uh, you know, $15 Headset, Skype, and a yeah. blog talk radio account on Saturday nights. Yeah, exactly to what we, and, and it's all B 
because of you. Every one of you out there. Thank you. I really want to say thank you. I, I looked at what Eric was doing today. And, man, it's hard not to tear up because you're looking at this. I'm thinking, you know, we built this. Well, we didn't build it. See, you built it. Each and every one of you who has helped us and stood behind us and supported us, you built this. So when you see the final project tomorrow, the ability for us to talk in studio, in studio with with guests of the caliber of Jack Cashel and what is coming. New state-of-the-art equipment and yeah. a new look. Yeah, what is coming. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you who's been a part of this, who's helped us. And you might not think, you might, you might say, oh, come on, shut up, you know. But no, we appreciate this. We appreciate everything you've done and how you've helped us. And it just—it it belongs to each and every one of you. It's not ours. And I just so thank you. I'm not going to drone on and on and on about this, but it's just unbelievable to me. It is, and what you said. You know, it was built by God through listeners and through people of the Lord and, uh, you know, everybody doing their part. And without the team effort that it has been given, it would not be what it is today and what it's turning into. That's right. And, and i got to tell you something, guys, I and ladies and listeners. You know, yesterday morning, we, we, it was a beautiful weekend up here in northwest Pennsylvania. Very much so. And, yeah. And yesterday was, of course, Father's Day. Now, now for those people who say, ah, it's all commercial, I get that. I understand your, your thinking. But I, I watched the sunrise yesterday. Sat on my back deck. And, and we have a wooded, we, we face a wooded area. And, uh, just me and my dog lady sat there for, I don't know, a good 45 minutes watching the sunrise through the trees what a beautiful sight but I was thinking you know and how many guys and I'm going to ask you this what if this Father's Day was your last on earth now think about that for a minute how would you rate yourself as a leader of your family as a father oh I know let me tell you I'm sure you you would be hard on yourself if you were honest as a father, as a leader. But you know, if you're still listening to my voice and you're still mobile right now, you guys, I'm talking to you now, you've got the chance to redeem whatever wrongs in the past that happened in the past. You've got you've got a chance to to grow to to move on from here. You've got a chance to take the reins of leadership within your family. It's not too late today. Not at all. So that's I just you know, and I I just pondered that thought as a dad, 
and as, as the really as the patriarch of my family, I doggone well better be right. I mean, because each and every one of you men out there, you know, the leaders of your family. Whether you, and if you're a father, that's just wonderful. I know that you, every guy out there has been a son to your father. Maybe not the best. And, and if, if you still have a dad who's alive, make sure you tell him how much you care. Make sure that, that, that tonight before you go to bed tomorrow, it could be too late, but maybe you can't for reasons I don't know. You, you can't talk with your, your dad maybe because of time zones until tomorrow, but, but, but do it. But do it because I'm going to tell you, we're going to be going over some news tonight. Things are getting very, very close. You know, Orlando was just the beginning. And we're going to be talking about that. Joe's got some, a lot of information about that, but I just want to bring in the first few, few minutes here. Um, folks, this is just the start. Orlando's just the start. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to accelerate. It's only going to get deeper. I was talking to Dave Hodges and today as well and, and others. And there, th- there are some things that, that will be coming out that are just going to be devastating. I believe devastating to the morale of this country. I think there's going to be things coming out that are going to be deadly to many in this country. But more on that as we get into the program. But I just, again, to, to the guys out there, take the reins of leadership, please. Be the man of the family. Put your big boy pants on. And be the leader that, that, you, that, that, that God intended you to be. Speaking of leadership, you know, as, as I pondered things on Sunday morning. By the way, if you hear power tools in the background, that's what we're doing. So, as I was pondering things on Sunday, I, I was thinking about our, our good friends, the friends that we've met by doing this program. You know, folks, I'm going to tell you, there's a number of people who need your prayers right now. Uh, starting Friday, uh, well, it started long before that, but, you know, uh, Global Star Radio Network, they provide our programming platform. And um, Todd is the guy who runs Global Star Radio. I mean, he runs it from morning to night and no breaks. I mean, the guy is just, I mean, he's there 24-7, seems like. You got a problem with respect to broadcasting you you contact Todd and Todd's like right on top of it now he uh there was a uh, without getting specific just pray for Todd's wife or her health he was hit with a he had some issues on Friday he had to take off and tend to his wife take his wife to get care but I mean again it, it without getting specific we all have problems just the degree of the problems that we face. If you've got a wife or a husband or a son or a daughter that you live with and they're healthy, get down on your knees and thank God they're healthy. 
even if they're infirmed or impaired in any way, thank God that they're still with you. Absolutely. Thank God. You know, yeah, right, you know. I mean, there's and, so much. I mean, the, the this is for the first time in 10 years, the U.S., uh, the, the death rate has dropped as far as age, uh, the age death rate, and there's been an increase in all categories of diseases here in America. The West Coast uh, is starting to see lots of uptick in cancer. I mean, there are, just in the circle of people we know, from friends to guests and their family members, People are, are getting sick left and right, and we're not talking about the flu or cold. We are talking about life-threatening illnesses. Right, right. So, as I mentioned, keep Todd and his wife. His wife is going through some medical issues. Keep Todd's wife, Dawn, in your prayers. We talk about great people. I mean, great people. Salt-of-the-earth people. Man. Guy, you can sit down and have a cup of coffee with, and his wife backing him up and just being very supportive and being an integral part of the operation. So please keep her in your prayers. And then Austin Brower, Ted's son, was supposed to be on tonight. You talk, you talk about the embodiment of a healthy young man. I mean, above and beyond healthy. Yeah. We had the, the pleasure of meeting Austin in Florida, of Orlando twenty in Orlando. Wait, so we had the 2015. pleasure of meeting him. Yes, of Austin. We met Austin in right. Florida. Right. And uh, not only was he fit, you could tell that he lifted weights and was uh, very strong. Uh, he's not that old different. at all. Uh, twenty years old. And yeah, um, yeah no, I mean like twenty-two. I don't know. In his twenties, young twenties, early twenties. He was supposed to come on today for an hour, seven thirty to eight thirty. Yeah, and, and Joe, just just again, you know, out of respect for for what's you know, he, he could have died. I'll just leave it at that. He could have died. Has it, have uh, there been improvements? Because you and yes, me, yes, okay, yes, he, he is improving. I'll just say this: send Ted and Austin. Austin is one of the most intelligent young men I have ever met. He's got his, I mean, he he went through um, the Orlando shooting very methodically and on an on-air broadcast on Ted's program. And I have to get the date. Uh, I don't want to give you the wrong date. It was last Monday or Tuesday. I don't have my notes. My notes are buried under a pile of, I'm not sure, rubble, lumber. But... Um, do me a favor, keep Austin Brower in your prayers and and Ted and his family. The reason, I mean, he's getting better, but he was hospitalized. Could have been a life, well, it was a life-threatening condition. It, it could have been a lot worse. He's improving, but still, out of, out of the blue, out of nowhere, bang, it hits you. So tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow, folks, it's not promised to you or me or anybody. And that might sound so trite. No, I've heard this before. And who, you know. It's actually biblical. Yeah. It is. But, you know, I think God's got a, got a, got a plan. And He gives us these, gives us these trials and tests to, 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 to really, Make us stronger. 
I, I don't believe I, for a minute. I don't believe that God, you know, uh, sends sickness our way or anything like that. But I do believe that what we go through does make us stronger. It does, and He doesn't send us sicknesses and illness. We do that to ourselves, uh, and I don't mean us personally. Or the devil does, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the Satan. the evil corporations, the conspiracies of you know evil, the powers and principalities of darkness that run the commercialized industry and world that we live in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, and and people poo poo and make fun of. Things like chemtrails and fluoride in the water and BPA in, in, in the plastics and other things, and but but don't make fun of that. I, I mean, when we say they're out to kill us, they're out to kill us. The, the issue of chemtrails. There's an actual good documentary out there that I watched probably four years ago, and I think it was called "What in the World Are They Spraying?" And it was done yeah. from Hawaii. At least part of the documentary was where they tested soil samples and rainwater samples throughout a period of time when they were spraying, when they weren't spraying. And it showed a difference in the amounts of mercury, lead, aluminum, sulfur, uh, sulfur, uh, and a number of other chemical compounds in the plant's grass in the rainwater. So take a look at the evidence, definitely, before you make your mind up about what is and what is not true. Exactly. And for those joining us late, just to recap, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of things. We're not on video tonight because we are um, making some studio improvements. We're having uh, an in-studio guest tomorrow. Not related, really, to our studio improvements, but not totally unrelated either. I mean, we wanted to do this just to uh, create more of a... Um, well, of a, a, a more visually pleasant experience for you folks. And you've allowed us to do that. That's number one. Number two, uh, Global Star Radio Network, a big part of our family, uh, the platform in which we broadcast on, uh, Todd and his wife, uh, Dawn, I mean, just great people. Um, uh, just pray for Todd's wife, Dawn, because of, well, she, she's facing some medical issues. And uh, there was some emergency part, you know, last week, last Friday, that Todd had to attend to, and and uh, I mean, the guys got the guys got his hands full. Let me tell you, and, but they're great people. So keep Don, Todd's wife, in your prayers, and and then of course Ted Brewer, his son Austin. Again, just catching you people up, uh, running, coming in late. Uh, Austin had taken ill, uh, seriously ill and was hospitalized last week. He was to be a guest tonight, and he's recovering, but very, I mean, seriously life-threatening. So if you can send even uh, Ted or Austin, or Austin through Ted, a get-well-wish and a prayer through email, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Because, man, out of nowhere, just slam-bam, and there you go. You just don't know. And, And then... This doesn't really have to be repeated, except it does fit. And I'll just restate this: as I as I woke up yesterday morning and I and I was pondering, you know, where we're at in history, where we're at, where we're at timeline wise. As I sat on 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 a deck overlooking our wooded area in the in the back of our home, and with my dog as the sun was rising, I'm thinking, you know, 
we need to we all all us guys need to be leaders if you're sucking air and if you're mobile and if you can if you're physically capable we need to be the leaders that we're meant to be and we need to take care of whatever baggage that we've had in the past and get rid of it man up put our big boy pants on because it's going to get bumpy it's already bumpy it's going to get a heck of a lot bumpier out there and then just to recap one more time here's the schedule for the week we're going to be posting this tomorrow night in studio guest Jack Cashel author of TWA Flight 800 the book unbelievable it's called TWA 800 the crash the cover up and the conspiracy in studio tomorrow night fantastic and then Wednesday, John McTiernan for half the program. Thursday, Ted Brower was kind enough to reschedule from Friday, which is a long story in itself, but he's coming on Thursday. And then Friday, Steve Quayle and Sig Swanstrom. If you've never heard of Sig Swanstrom, he's the author of God, Guns, and Guts of Firearm Defense, The Bible View. Talk about manning up, guys. And ladies, you know. Should be interesting. Uh, I would love it's to hear. It's going to be extremely. I have yeah. not read the book, but uh, sounds, I mean, we talk about that specific topic on our show a lot. So it exactly. would be, it'd be great yeah. to get his take on that. And, and just to be clear, the reason uh, with the scheduling changes and such, it's amazing how many people are traveling at this time of year. So uh, it, we we just had a. I mean, that's how it all worked out this week. So, and we're so thankful for all of our guests that come on as well. You know, I mean, look, folks, you can't get any better people than, than I mentioned. Higher caliber people. And yes, we've had, and I got so many emails, uh, today about, uh, hey, have Bill Warner on. We've had him on. We'll have him on again. Of course we will. Uh, all of your guest suggestions we do take seriously. And, and just a recap for those again joining us late on YouTube, uh, we're just, it's just going to be video tonight. If you happen to hear power tools or strange noises in the background, it's upgrades to the studio to make it more visually interactive and friendly with those people who want to listen. And, uh, that's, that's that. So, all right. So now. And we got a lot, a lot to get into tonight. Um, Tonight, the, the title of the show, uh, Changing History to Benefit Radical Islam. I'm going to walk us through a, sh- a timeline of events that happened, uh, starting from late last night, early this morning. It was announced that the Obama administration was going to delete references of ISIS in the Orlando 911 calls, which was, I mean, this is just... Unheard of, but let me continue here. Attorney General Loretta Lynch on Sunday said that the FBI will delete mentions of ISIS when they release the transcripts of 911 calls made by Omar Mateen during his attack on the Orlando nightclub. When Chuck Todd asked Lynch what was going to be left out of the transcript, she said, We were not going to do, uh, what we're going to do is further proclamation 
this man's pledges of allegiance to terrorist groups and further his propaganda. That's what she said they're not going to do. Lynch told CNN, um, CNN's Dana Bash that uh, whitewashing the ter- of the terrorist ISIS pledge was being done to avoid re-victimizing those that went through this horror, uh, quoting Lynch. This uh, article is from The Federalist, where the comment says in the article, this is just the latest in a series of efforts by the Obama administration to downplay ISIS terrorism and other radical Islamic terrorism. Last week, the president angrily claimed that correctly identifying radical Islamist terror as radical Islamist uh, terror was a, was silly and would not improve the Obama administration's strategy for combating the threat it poses. Uh, his statement, what exactly would using this label accomplish? What exactly would change it? What would make ISIL less committed to trying to kill Americans? Would it bring in more allies? Is there a military strategy that is served by this? The answer is none of the above. Calling a threat by a different name does not make it go away. This is a political distraction. The president added, There is no magic to the phrase, radical Islam. It's political talking point. It's not a strategy. End of quote. And in April, the White House edited a video of French president discussing Islamist Islamist terrorism, later blaming it on a technical glitch when crisis uh, critics complained um, and this article from The Federalist goes on to list four problems with Obama's approach. And I'll, instead of reading through uh, everything it says, I'll just read through the four points. One, if the White House wants to downplay ISIS, uh, this does not do that. And they go on to explain the reasons. Two, uh, it does not help the victims, as Loretta Lynch uh, claimed that it would. Uh, three, Team Obama treating words as magical and it goes on to say, in his anti-Trump tirade, President Obama said there's no magic to the phrase radical Islam. It's a political talking point, not a strategy. He also went on to criticize Donald Trump, the Republican nominee uh, for the presidency. And Trump made the comment last week that it seemed that Obama was angrier at him than he was at the Orlando shooter. And, and when you when you get to when you get to a, a stopping point, let me know because I, I want to weigh in on this. Okay, I don't want to interrupt the, your, your. The last one plan. here is telling people to calm down never works. But the bottom line: failure to identify radical Islamic terrorism as radical Islamic terrorism, or to acknowledge that Islamic terror attacks as Islamic terror attacks, gives the term far more power than it needs to have and it gives Islamist terrorists an almost magical power over foreign policy discussions in the Obama White House that is why Obama said uh, it's not some magic phrase uh, going on to expand on his comments um, okay. and All it makes right. well, no sense and, and, and removing this, what they tried to remove from the transcript does nothing but fuel the claims that Obama is, is uh, in denial about Islamic terrors, co- covering it up and ill handled to handle security threats. That's the end of the articles, uh, what they say, but it's much deeper than that. And since then, the feds have reversed their, their course, releasing a full, unedited 9 11 transcript following public outcry. But go ahead and comment on the, the, the removal. All right. Well, Greg Jackson sent an email today, and we've been saying this all along. Please hear me loud and clear. Radical Islam is. Islam, okay? It is not 
okay, those, uh, here's what Greg Jackson sent, very, very simply. Radical Islam is Islam. Those not engaged in jihad are backslidden, and therefore false converts, just like the vast majority of those in the Christian church in America, false converts. The sooner people in America, now a lot of people are not going to agree with me on this, but the, the sooner people in America understand that radical Islam is Islam. Right. That those you, not, go ahead. There, there, there's no new American standard Quran version. Correct. I mean, the text that you're referring to, the Quran, <laughs> and those who practice it, yes, it calls for violence. Yes. There's no new version, no you know revised version. Every the, the, no, Quran okay. calls for violence against those who do not convert. Yes, so but not following this. those rules equals right. being apostate in the religion of Islam. Yes. Now there is there are differences, multiple differences between the Qurans that you find in America that are printed in English versus those in the same mosques, perhaps even on the same bookshelves printed in Arabic. Okay. Now, you when I when when you asked about the new standard ver, or new international version, we'll say or you know some sort of translation that that nullifies or negates the surahs that call for jihad. No. No. Unlike the Bible and the New Testament. No. No, no, no. Now, the translations for propagandizing Islam in America, yes, there are differences and there are nuances with the English, the Arabic to English. However, it, that, that is not, uh, what we're, what you're asking. But, but people need to be careful because, for example, and I'll just end with this, a couple of years ago, well, no, probably ten years ago now, um, Tom Bowerly and myself were momentarily invited to tour the Islamic Center in Buffalo. As uh, I was invited because we were talking about this Islamic Center in Buffalo, New York. Tom Bowerly, of course, though for those who know, is on WBEN AM 930, and he's a talk show host. And we had talked about the about how radical. And, and about our observations at this Islamic Center, which Joe, you were a part of, and you saw the basically the paramilitary yep. training. So, yes, we did. And uh, right. but we were. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Here's a, here's a here it is, Joe. We were disinvited when both Tom and I said, "Fine, we will accept your invitation for a tour, but we we would like not to be guided, but we would like to have free reign to look at the books that are on the shelves." And to look at the complete layout, not violating anyone's property. Disneyland? <laughs> well, you can't just you know. go in there and, and, and you know. Well, of course, you know. And, and they said the the imam there said, "Well, that's not acceptable, and you can't come in." So what happened was this, and, and I'll just again I'll just finish up by saying this: what happened was a local television channel. And um, the newspaper, the print media, went in, took a tour, came back out and said, yeah, there's nothing threatening here at all. Well, of course not, because they took you on a tour of what they wanted you to see. Exactly. Idiots. <laughs> I'm sorry, but come on, you know. No, it's like, uh, you know, when there's a... a 
as you see in movies, a kidnapping, when uh, or, or uh, a ransom needs to be paid, when they put you know hundred dollar bills on the top and bottom of the money stacks and ones in between, you know you they go. throw them all in a bag and it looks like it's a big bag of full of hundred dollar bills, but unless you take a closer look at what's there. You won't notice that it's full of $1 bills with a covering of $200 bills on either side. So you see what is shown to you rather than, you know, what is really there. That's right. And and with respect, and, and this is why this tomorrow, tomorrow night, for example, with Jack Cashel coming in studio and talking about his new book, folks, uh, I, I, I finished it last night. Okay, I finished his book reading Already? last night. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I devoured that book. It's uh, really, and it's about 220 pages and probably another 30 pages of, of notes. Of I mean, Jack Heschel documented the, the heck out of this book. I mean, there's nothing in the book that has not been documented. And you know what's really funny is he documented it using the, the FBI documents and the CIA documents and the New York Times documents. So all of the documentation are from either the FBI, the CIA, or the New York Times, basically. I mean, in a nutshell. But here's why this is so important. Because what Joe is referencing today, what he what he talked about today, is about the re, the revising history, the redacting of offensive words or words and phrases offensive to Islam to create this negative stereotype of Islam. Folks, here's what you're seeing today. This is. This has nothing. The intent of Lynch, who does nothing, Loretta Lynch, who does nothing without the approval of Obama and Valerie Jarrett. Yep. Okay, is not about that redaction intent. Was not about spurring copycat attacks or helping to recruit people to ISIS. And never no. say ISIL because ISIS is what it is. ISIL is is really an affront to Israel, given the Levant reference. But having said that, it's all BS. Lynch went on all five talk show uh, programs yesterday morning, just like Susan Rice did on the Sunday following the attacks in Benghazi. It is to shape and influence the narrative. Lynch. Obama, Jarrett, Brennan, all of the people in power, including many on the on the uh, conservative, so-called conservative and Republican yep. side, it was want us to believe. Right? They well, they they want us to believe now. What we what we witnessed or what happened in Orlando was a hate crime against homosexuals, and that assault weapons were to blame. Radical Islam, which is again. Islam period is not the controlling factor. Okay, right. So We're going to talk it, about the depths of this today because what they right. did is more than just change history. What they did is more than just revise history. There's a number of factors because what they did is not just erase references of ISIS, but they changed when he used the word Allah, they changed it to God. Yes. And think about that now. You've got to, what Americans, and, and look, Everyone in America, what we're lacking today is critical thinking skills. Think things through. The reason for this, and very quickly here, what 
the playbook that was used, and this is why tomorrow is important, because the playbook to to control the narrative, to control the story about TWA Flight 800, was used by the Clintons in 1996. That worked well. That same playbook was used in Benghazi. When you start connecting the dots, the investigative dots, and you start looking at, okay, look at uh, the methods and manners and, and contacts and the entire shaping of the narrative about TWA Flight 800. And you might think, well, that's old news. That's 20 years ago next month. That's that's old history. No, no, no. It be, because it it's anything but. But that playbook was used by Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, in for Benghazi. Obama used it. Clinton used it. Rice used it, especially. Now we're seeing Lynch, Obama, Jarrett using that same set of plays on this shooting in Orlando, but for a different reason. Not not to cover it up, but to redirect the narrative. Go ahead, Joe. Absolutely. And the uh, let, let's first go back. So the uh, Loretta Lynch went on to uh, say that they were going to scrub any reference to ISIS, and they were going to change uh, the word Allah in the uh, transcript, the 911 transcript to God. Well, what happened was they had re- reversed this now uh, at some point today under pressure from re- Republican leaders, according to Fox News. The Justice Department on Monday afternoon reversed itself and released a full, uncensored transcript of the Orlando terrorist 911 call on the night of the massacre, calling the morning's furor over omissions in the document a unnecessary distraction. An earlier version of the transcript that had uh, deleted the words Islamic State and the name ISIS, the name of ISIS leader Abdu Barak al-Baghdadi, Omar Mateen made the 52nd 9/11 or 911 call in which he claimed responsibility for the terror attacks and pledged allegiance to the Islamic State's leader at 2:35 a.m. The call came just over half an hour into the June 12th slaughter at a gay nightclub called The Pulse. He says, "I pledge allegiance to uh, Allah. I'm sorry, Abdu Baruch Al Baghdadi. May God protect him." In Arabic, on behalf of the Islamic State, Mateen says on the new transcript. The old version had several words scrubbed and read, I pledge allegiance to omitted. May God protect him in Arabic on behalf of omitted. House Speaker Paul Ryan of Wisconsin called the earlier decision by the DOJ and the FBI to release only partial transcript uh, preposterous. He goes on to say, we know the shooter was a radical Islamist inspired by ISIS, Ryan said, said in a statement. We also know that he intentionally targeted the LGBT community. Wait, let Joe, me say I, this. Uh, uh, Joe, when, Joe, wait, hang on a second, real quick. Uh, I'm, my transcript is show, still showing God, but go ahead. Just Now think about the uh, Center for Medical Progress and Planned Parenthood and the editing of the videotapes. What they did, the Center for Medical Progress, was go into and have set up meetings with members from Planned Parenthood about selling uh, aborted fetuses' body parts or aborted babies' body parts in organs. The footage was, we'll say, four hours in length. What they did is they cut it down to uh, the 
important parts, the parts with the evidence in it, the parts that uh, would bring uh, the truth about what was really going on uh, right into this front and center. At the same time, releasing the full videos in order for full disclosure. But obviously the media only focused and used the edited footage narrative to spin it to the point where in California the Center for Medical Progress was sued and uh, became and are the defendants in a lawsuit uh, as well as a new law was changed in order that will not allow people to videotape any type of um, anything inside of doctor's offices including the Planned Parenthoods. But what they did here, and this is what bothers me about this, it wasn't months later in a footnote of a, uh, you know, memo, a government memo, or a, you know, executive order request or a presidential proclamation. They tried to change history in front of everybody's eyes, and they did it intentionally because they're sending a message. They didn't do this for any of the stated reasons that they say, in my opinion. The whole administration, from the CIA to the president to Valerie Jarrett to Loretta Lynch, they are Muslim, head of Homeland Security. These people are Muslim. They are trying to evoke an emotional response. And the reason I say that is, one, the speed in, in which, and the speed and the publicity in which they changed or tried to change the transcript, and especially changing it back. If they really wanted to change the history of this through scrubbing uh, the technical true words of what happened in a transcript, they could have done it very quietly in months later. But they didn't. They did it right out in the open, and they did it almost a week after this tragedy happened. Then, not only that, did they replace Allah with a re- reference to God. That was intentional in order to bring up an, an emotional response from Christians and from those paying attention. In my view, it was almost Joe, like a slap Joe. in the face. It, it, it's also, and this is the only addition I'm going to make, remember we've been talking about criminalizing the three monotheistic religions and how and to take note of how the Pope is um, cozying up to, to Muslims and all other religions. This is to, to let people know that we all worship the same God. So uh, uh, th- this is kind of the, the finalizing shaping of the narrative um, by this uh, omission or this change to show that, yeah. uh, you know, th- th- to solidify the one world or the new world religion. And that's all I want to just make sure people know about. I, and I want to jump in here with the InfoWars report that they did. The DOJ replaces because this is a good sum- summary uh, of what we're talking about. DOJ replaces Allah with God in edited Orlando terrorist transcript. Obama protecting Islam while attacking Christianity. It goes on to say the Justice Department replaced, replaced references to Allah with God in an edited transcript of the 911 call Orlando Jihadi Omar Mateen made during the Pulse nightclub attack. During the call, Omar Mateen made an Islamic prayer in which he said, Praise be to Allah, and prayers as well as peace be upon the Prophet of Allah, in Arabic. I let you know I'm in Orlando, and I did the shootings. In comparison, the edited DOJ transcript says, Praise be to God, 
and prayers as well as peace be upon the Prophet of God in Arabic. I'll let you know. I'm in Orlando and I did the shootings. And that's the change in transcript. It goes on to say, It's obvious the Obama administration is doing everything it can to downplay the Islamic connection to the attack, all while demonizing Christians and gun owners. In his very first words are the Bishmalik Arabic in the name of Allah, the Islamic prayer, commenter Pamela Geller revealed. It's what's terror-tied care chants in every press conference and press release. The Obama administration knew right away, and they have been deceiving the American people ever since, protecting and defending the ideology they call for our destruction. Attorney General Loretta Lynch said the DOJ would remove references to Islamic terrorism from the transcript and went on to say what we are doing is not to further proclaim this man's Pledge of Allegiance to terrorist groups and further his propaganda, she said. We are not going to hear him make his assertions of allegiance to the Islamic State. End of article. And, I mean, they, and last week we went through a, a number of articles from the LD, LGBT activist blames Christians for Orlando attack. That was one. Uh, human rights chiefs also blamed the robust American gun laws on the attack. Bill O'Reilly called for gun control, saying high-powered weaponry is too easy to get and should not be available for civilian use. The Department of Homeland Security, ran by the Muslim Jay Johnson, came out and said right-wingers pose the same threat as Islamic extremists. The media was refusing to cover eyewitness, numerous eyewitness accounts of the possibility of multiple shooters. There have been survivors who were held hostage with the shooter in the bathroom who said during a phone call he was the fourth shooter and that there was a woman with a suicide vest playing dead. Whether he was part of some kind of drill or not, I don't know. But there are disputing stories when it comes to uh, this whole incident. But yeah, back to the just, uh, calls I just for guns. Hillary. Joe, just real quick, uh, real quick, Joe. Austin Brower, again, folks, go back and listen to the math, the critical thinking needed. Uh, I do believe now that not only were there co-conspirators, uh, before and after the fact, there were, um, there are unnamed additional perpetrators, but we oh, have to step, step back and look at the bigger picture as you're, as you're alluding to. Go ahead. And I didn't tell you this, Dad, but I have to, to find verification if it is anywhere to be found. But it is possible that Omar Mateen's father visited the State Department in the last few months, last month even. Count even on it. Last Count few weeks. It. There was a picture yes. of him there. I just can't. I, I've got some verification. I've got, okay. and that's the one thing you I know haven't how been soon able to it, Was it recent? It was um, the the... Last verifiable visit that I was, or when I say verifiable, according to my sources who are using the sources they have within, uh, the state, within state. Okay. Is said, uh, the fourth or the third, the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter of 2015. All right. Now, so th- that's a few months ago. That's the only, that's the only thing I've got. Could it have been more? Yes. So we have this full gun, uh, gun grab in effect 
due to the shooting. We have the changing of the narrative. We have all these even left and right-headed pundits calling uh, for some type of assault, new assault weapons ban, uh, the Brady Bill being the last of which was 20 years ago. They said there's time for renewal. We've had groups from Homeland Security saying, you know, it's Christians and right-wingers that pose just as big of a threat and or cause the violence here. We even have leftists suggesting secret court to be instituted to strip strip the Second Amendment rights away from uh, American citizens. And we have the President, the Department of State, and FBI and DOJ continuing the narrative that these were homegrown terror attacks. Just this this was, the Orlando was, just as was San Bernardino, that they, they have said this. Even though the San Bernardino shooters were not American citizens or were not born here, Omar Mateen was, but they're trying to to rebrand it as homegrown terror. Now, when you read the Department of Homeland Security's lexicons about homegrown terror, they often make references to uh, uh, senior citizens, sovereign citizens, Christian groups, and anti-government lone wolf types. So what they're doing is they are, and back to re-implementing the... Uh, full, regular, truthful transcript. Uh, this is why I don't understand why they, they did a 180. I can't imagine it was due to public outcry. But they are changing the history through changing the narrative in order to make it look like it was a shooting. All these terrorist attacks from Paris to Brussels to San Bernardino to Orlando to 9-11 uh, have the one common thread, Islamic terrorism. And I say 9-11 to play into their own narrative. Because whether they were patsies or not, and who, you know, what really happened, um, from what I know, uh, Saudi hijackers got on planes at the Boston Logan Airport and crashed at least two of them into the trade centers. But regardless, just even forget 9-11 if you want to. Fort Hood, a, a Muslim goes into a, uh, military base where he works and pledges allegiance to Allah and kills 19 soldiers. They call it workplace violence. And we can go through the list. I mean, they there are countless number of uh, from attempted attacks to actual t- attacks that were carried out. The majority have been Muslim. The full majority have been Muslim. Meaning all of them. But we are to tiptoe around, be called racist, be called, you know, talking hate speech, to call it what it is, radical Islam. And it even got to the point where I read the transcript from the president of last week, basically, you know, saying, well, what what difference does it make if we change a label? Well, we could say that about, you know, the Christian extremism. Take, you know, take away any Christian extremism. Don't call it that. Because if you truly are a Christian, you truly believe in Jesus, and you truly love your neighbor as yourself, there is no person who does that who commits any act of violence against anyone. Nor is it in our texts of uh, religious belief to do so. In fact, it's the opposite. But they have no problem calling it Christian extremism, even when there is none that exists on the planet 
But when it comes to Islamic extremism, when it's in their writings that they should kill those who do not convert, carry out acts of violence against women, homosexuals, and any man that refuses to submit, they're protecting these people? Not only that, they're giving them weapons, letting them into the country, bringing bringing them into the country? And do you know that since the attack, uh, as of last Friday, there was over 400 Syrian refugees. That's in one week. 440 Syrian refugees brought in since the Orlando shooting to last Friday. They plan, planned on a three-fold surge from the first half of this year to bring Syrian refugees in. And that was 10,000 from the beginning of January till June. So 30,000 more is their quota. And people like the shooter of this of the Orlando incident, Omar Mateen, was a worker, contractor for Department of Homeland Security, who is part of operations, who brought in Islamic extremists under the radar in UPS cargo planes, smuggled them across the border. But you don't hear that in the news. You see Omar Mateen's strange connection to the 2010 BP oil spill. It's all a distraction. And what about Hillary Clinton's emails? Those seem to conveniently be swept under the rug with all this new talk of gun regulation and terrorism versus homegrown extremism and radical Islam or not. Joe, there, there's there's something, too, that you should know about those emails. And, ladies and gentlemen, you should know about those emails. Dozens of State Department officials. Well... Uh, let me back up. It, it, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal last, uh, it was last week, um, basically saying, look, State Department, the Department of Defense, the CIA, and the White House, all saying we must attack Syria. In, in those emails that are missing are some of the constructs of an upcoming attack planned long ago against Assad that's going to pit the United States directly against Russia. So it's bigger. Folks, this is bigger than you can even imagine. Go ahead. We got yeah. about, a, I don't about even, 45 yeah. seconds. Joe. I, I see the program clock. I don't even, uh, I mean, do we go back to Albert Pike's letter? To, uh, uh, to Musini about the three world wars are we seeing the last of the three world wars being put into effect we're going to talk about that and more news and current events on the other side folks you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman report on this Monday edition we're doing only audio tonight but tomorrow Jack Casha will be in studio as we unveil our new look with our new and first in studio guest author of TW800 Jack Cashel we'll be right back This is the Global Star Radio Network. Your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing 
the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, this is hour number two of this Monday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We, in the first hour, were talking about a number of things, including the uh, headline, main headline on Drudge, Lynch transcript reversal, the DOJ scrubbing results, or uh, results, transcripts of ISIS. To the Florida shooter, but... Um, and we're going to get back to talking about that, among other things. And so there's some Hillary Clinton uh, things going on with secret uh, service officer set for a book release who just took Hillary Clinton to task. And uh, Politico says it's a hit piece um, on Hillary Clinton, and there's a lot more coming from that. But first I want to tell you guys about a product that uh, recently joined the Hagman and Hagman team called Minuteman Rocket Stove. Now, folks, go to MinutemanStove.com, that's MinutemanStove.com, and check out the stove that they have there. It is a, uh, it looks like an ammunition case. It's reinforced with one inch, one eighth inch steel at the bottom. It comes with fire starters, and it is the perfect portable, uh, and efficient, most efficient way to cook your food. All you need is dry firewood and tinder. You take the tinder and the firewood, put it in one side of the uh, stove. You have a burner that is uh, comes inside the stove, so it conveniently folds back up and is very easy to carry, very easy to store. It's good for uh, things such as power outages, camping, or even full-blown survival-type situations. But folks, go to Minuteman Stoves and check this product out. It is the perfect, uh, perfect fit to anybody who has long-term storable food. Because if a disaster strikes when there's no electricity, when there's no running water, when there's no heat, you're going to need something to cook on. And this product fills that need and does it so efficiently. It's a long-lasting product. It's durable. The fire starters come from 8,000 to 15,000 to 25,000 strikes each. And I couldn't recommend a better go-to uh, quick way to cook your food if need be yeah, in right. the outdoors, like I said, for camping or for life-saving situations. That's MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. I just want to say from the owner that he already wants to thank the Hagman and Hagman audience for the great response that he has received 
He is very excited, and I want to thank our listening audience. And also would ask feedback, uh, for feedback to those who have purchased the stove. If you don't want to send it to us, send it right to, uh, Lane over at Minuteman Stove. His email is right there at minutemanstove.com. I just want to make sure that, that our listeners know we tested right. everything We're out. We're going to get back into hour number two here. You can't and we me. got a lot to get into this hour. Um, anyone hear me? We're going to do this first. We're going to go through the schedule for next this week because we got uh, just a great schedule. As my dad was talking about before the break, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Jack Cashill. Um, he is a prolific author. He has a new book coming out. The uh, TSA, TWA, Flight 800, and he is an award-winning author. But he's going to be coming on with us in studio tomorrow, in studio. And it is going to be fantastic with our new look. And i got to give a lot of credit to Eric. I saw the, the, the beautiful desk that has been assembled, the new desk. And it looks fantastic. You talk about hey Joe, can you hear professional me? news studio quality equipment. Um, it just looks great. So tomorrow, for all three hours, we're going to be talking about TWA Flight 800 with Jack Cashill in studio. Wednesday, John McTiernan will be our guest. He will be on uh, his book is As America Has Done to Israel. And he has been a guest on before. He will be on uh, again Wednesday. From 7 to 8.45, cool, as he has cool. his own radio show um, or podcast that starts after that. Thursday, Dr. Ted Breuer will be on. Uh, Ted Breuer was scheduled to come on Friday, but we had a change of schedule. And Ted Breuer will be our guest on Thursday. And then we have a special treat for you on Friday with Steve Quayle and uh, Sig. Sig's wrong, and they're going to be talking yeah. about... Um, you can't hear me, Joe, but I'm A talking. number of issues, uh, including um, how the uh, the biblical aspects of self-defense, I guess, for lack of better words, or that might <laughs> might be the exact uh, phrase. Hey, hey uh, listening on this, who's worse, man? I'll take whoever out for in front coffee. Of me. We'll just go out but and let Joe go. It is going to be a tremendous week, an information-packed week, and I'm really looking forward to having Jack Cashel in studio at the Hagman and Hagman Studios tomorrow with his book, TWA Flight 800, uh, which he sent us so graciously on a PDF. And as you heard my dad, he read through a lot of it. And it is uh, going to be fantastic. And this is an area of subject where I am not too... Uh, I understand a lot of it. I've studied some of it, but it is not my area of expertise. But on the other hand, uh, for my father... It is his area of expertise, and it will be a tremendous interview. Um, so it's going to be a great week again. Jack Cashel tomorrow, John McTiernan Friday, Ted Brewer Thursday, Steve Quill and Sig on Friday. Now, where to go in hour two? Um, well, maybe see. you can you can plug. I don't in know if I got the old man back, folks. We are. Yeah, uh, I am I, broadcasting from a remote location. So I am not in the same room with my dad. And if he's not back yet, don't tell no, him I said that because he didn't hint to it in the first hour. And this I don't know if he wanted man. that to is, go is across the air. But um, is this hilarious? we have uh, I can just let a lot of information guys. to get into here. And um, I'm going to go back to the Orlando shooting 
and talk about Wait, did Joe just kind of... Did we lose Joe now? Um, I'm just wondering. Can, can I don't know. Maybe my ears went. All right. Uh, well, I'm not sure if you if we're talk, over-talking right now. Uh, basically, what Joe said. Uh, apparently, uh, folks, my go. dad's trying to talk um, and was back with us. I can't I hear back. him. No. And I don't know... Uh, you know what? I have a prompt on Who's Skype. On first? Um, let me do this, Eric. Let me disconnect from Todd, and I will reconnect and just tell him to take it for a minute. Yeah, I'll take it for a minute. Thank you. Oh, man. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, I mean seriously. Um, thanks for hanging with us, folks. Again, the first hour we were talking about the uh, revision of history with respect to the, uh, uh, the transcripts, of course, and the uh, we also covered a lot of personal ground too, and Joe did a good job with the schedule. And I just want to say too, when Joe was reading about the Minuteman rocket stove, you know, folks, um, that we put it through the tests just to let you know that we do protect our audience and any product that we, we that we uh, uh, advertise, we have tried ourselves or we have and we believe in, and that goes for. Uh, you know, American Survival Wholesale, their, their array of food that goes for uh, uh, Health Masters with their nutritional supplements, of course, Minuteman Rocket Stove, Casper Mattresses, on and on and on. Take it to the bank. It's, it's a great product. Anyway, while we are attempting to reconnect with Joe, and again, he did a great job, but uh, with respect to the transcript, but really, again, I just want understand, everyone needs to understand this is a huge deal because they have just exposed their playbook through this um, redacting, quote, radical Islam, Islam, end quote, from the shooter transcript and replacing Allah with God. That both of those issues are so important when you look at the bigger picture. It's extremely critical to understand what's taking place here. This is no small issue. And this goes back. This very playbook was used for Benghazi to change the narrative. And it was actually implemented as well during the Clinton regime's reign in the 90s. This was done in 1996 with TWA Flight 800, which is why tomorrow will be so revealing. So, folks, make sure you tell everyone you know about tomorrow's show and watch it and listen to it. It's going to be fantastic and it's going to be relevant to today. Now, I don't want to, you know, hopefully Joe will return or is returning here. So, um, but, but going forward, and until Joe returns. Please understand that we are watching in in the bigger sense here, and I'm not sure how this is going to happen, but we're going to see uh, Hillary Clinton pre- presidency. Joe, are you back? I can hear myself talking. Yes, yes I am. I am back. All right. I All am right. using a landline instead of Skype. I don't know what happened. Uh, I got some kind of prompt on Skype it had to do with my speaker, but um, I don't know. It's pretty weird. No worries. No, no worries. Okay, so uh, but I, I, I was just saying um, that... I, okay, I don't know yeah. how much you heard when you came back, so... 
No, you, you, everything is fine. Um, and I was just saying this, and then, then I'm going to be quiet and let you take, take it some more here. Just for people to understand that, that we are seeing a Hillary Clinton presidency set, being set up. We are seeing, uh, the takedown of our Constitution being implemented. And it's going to start by the, well, we're seeing the repression of and revision of the freedom of speech aspect. It's, it's being hammered out. Think of that. Fabian Socialist window. Remember, I don't know how many people have ever seen that stained glass window, the Fabian Socialist window, where they're using a mallet to hammer the globe, basically. This is what we're seeing take place today. That was a message. That was, that's, in, in a larger sense, this was taking place today. Now, many people have backed off of that. For example, Glenn Beck has backed off of that. Uh, others, in the media have backed off that and, and Joe get ready to take it here in, in about a minute uh, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quiet and then you can talk but but the, in the larger sense we are seeing the internal workings glimpses little kind of like a strobe the old cinema uh, uh, movie you know motion pictures every once in a while we'll get a glimpse of the workings of what's taking place you're, 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 you're going to see some very dramatic things happen to ensure or assure that Clinton makes it in office and we're seeing that take and as crazy as that sounds this is this is how it's this is what it's going to now will that happen will they be successful I don't know but certainly we're seeing their attempts and the last thing uh, uh, through all of this is the takedown of our constitutional rights there was a Supreme Court decision uh, opinion rendered recently within within the last uh well, I think I think it was today but I've got to double check Are you talking about sure the the ruling uh they say another devastating blow to the 4th amendment where right. the supreme yes. court ruled that evidence of an alleged crime can be used against a defendant even if police did something inappropriate or illegal to obtain it basically cool. wiping out the member uh uh Memoranda law, or <laughs> Miranda law. Miranda, right, right. Yeah, th- that's what I was referring to. Between w- w- what what the, uh, the Supreme Court is doing in concert with the executive branch, in concert with the legislative branch, we are watching the, the deconstruction and the destruction of our Constitution right in front of people's eyes. We are seeing the deer in the headlights look from the majority of the American people who just can't or won't face, get rid of their normalcy bias and face what's taking place. And we're, we're seeing the, um, the, the machinations, the political machinations that are, are being implemented to, uh, create this, this, uh, new structure of government that we have no rights. This is all going to end up in a gun grab. Yes, a gun grab, or at least outlawing guns. I mean, consider the fact that we've got so many guns. It, it, it's not going to be practical or feasible. However, that doesn't mean they're not going to try this. So keep in mind that the Second Amendment and the First Amendment are, gonna, are tremendously under assault, or will be, even in, in, in a big way. The conventions, the timing, this is all part of it, as well as these Supreme Court decisions like this one that you referenced, and the shootings, and more will happen. Trust me when I tell you this, 
there will be more shootings. There will be more blood on the streets. And guns will be to blame, not radical Islam. So go ahead. That's, Should I say correct. over? <laughs> Should I say over? Go ahead. That's correct. Um, you know, there's a few things going on with Hillary Clinton right now, and I'd like to cover a few of them. Um, this from Radar Online, Clinton N-word scandal. Bill's ex-lover claims she caught Hillary in a racist rant. Um, and this is not a satire site, folks. This is uh, a real reporting site. And uh, as soon as this ad gets off my computer, I will uh, read it. But there's other, this this ties back to the, the Secret Service officer in a tell-all tell book about the Clintons and about what he observed and their behavior when he was a, a Secret Service agent in the White House. And some of the stuff that's in this book is just mind-blowing. Uh, the article goes on to say, in public, Bill and Hillary champion equality. But behind closed doors, they're disgusting racist. That's the claim of one of uh, Bill's former mistresses who came forward with disturbing allegations about what she says she's heard when the Clintons thought no one was listening. Dolly Kyle grew up with Bill and dated the former president throughout high school. In her new memoir, Hillary, the other woman, she claims that when Bill was governor, she overheard several disturbing incidents of hate speech involving the Clintons. Now, folks, that's just one aspect, uh, more of an embarrassing um, side note, if anything. As you know, we have, uh, you know, we see this radical Islam and bringing Muslims in who don't assimilate, as my father says, but expect things uh, to be changed for their benefit and around their beliefs and their religions. And these people oppress and slaughter women for minor infractions, and they hate and kill homosexuals. They throw them off roofs in the Middle East. You're talking about the class of civilizations being brought on by our own government as your DHS insider source laid out so perfectly years ago, years ago, from civil strife to cultural uh, clashes. And it is just unbelievable to see it unfolding faster, you know, and, and, and more intense uh, as we continue to move forward. And it's almost to the point now with this new Secret Service book that her email scandal, scandal um, seems to be the least of her problems as far as public image and public relations are concerned in her campaign. But what's not being covered, her, uh, her nonprofit agency, the Clinton Foundation, has received more money from these gay-hating and women-hating countries and nations that have knowingly and openly oppressed uh, and murdered scores of of people uh, due to their gender or their uh, sexual preference, donated billions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. And with open arms, the Clintons collected the money. In one incident last week, there was a, a diplomat who donated a ton of money to the Clinton Foundation. Well, didn't you know that his uh, and he got a, a government job and his contract was rushed by the State Department? Rushed. Why was that? Was it because he was so good at what he did in his profession? No, it was because he was uh, given a 
payback for money he gave to the Clinton Foundation at an earlier time. This has nothing to do with uh, ideologies and beliefs, at least as far as Clinton is concerned. For her, it's about power, control, manipulation, and, and most importantly, money. But the having the power and control, uh, money is secondary to that power and control. And that's why she wants this White House. She got a taste of it in Arkansas as the first lady of Arkansas as Bill was governor and in his eight years at the White House. And she, I imagine, disdained him because of his, uh, out, you know, his extramarital affairs and how she was basically humiliated in the public eye. She is coming back with a vengeance, and the Republicans are doing everything they can to help her from people uh, who are, you know, GOP uh, insiders coming on TV and Fox News on Face the Nation and saying, I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton, uh, to, you know, all these other people uh, who are on TV. Oh, absolutely. It is. She's cashing in every chip, every favor, uh, you know, and she's doing it through her her foundation, which, you know, non-for-profit is a very loosely worded term when it comes to talking about the Clinton Foundation because 90% of it never sees any, goes to any support for anything other than lining her and her family's pockets or spending for political favors or standing in political arena. You know, Joe, I was talking to Dave Hodges earlier today, and I, and I told him flat out, I, I said, you better really, really, really be careful. Okay, uh, watch your back. And and I mean this, and I'm going to say this um, to, to everyone. Dave Hodges' article, Plan B, is going into effect to stop Trump because of the leak can't hide Hillary Clinton's criminality from the masses. And we had discussed this. He published this on uh, last week. Of course, it was dated June fifteenth. But uh, but I told him. I said, look, and and folks, you must understand this as well. There are people out there seemingly trying to expose Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, and I mean all of those literally, um, trying to expose her misdeeds and criminality who are actually redirecting the conversation and and not exposing anything except the uh minutia that that are that's that's really trying to cloud or they're trying to use it as a smokescreen for the big stuff and you mentioned that foundation Joe that foundation is is the machinery that the the uh, mother's milk that runs the criminality and you've got the names of the donors, the very people, the, the people donating to the Clinton Foundation who want to see her as president are the very people who will throw a homosexual under the bus, literally, or off a bridge. But yet, the again, the changing of the narrative and the revision of history is to say, well, wait, we're on your side. No, you're, no they're not. But I guess my bigger point is those people, who you think, whether they're authors, they're writers of articles, they're in the media or outside of the media, who are are saying, hey, we're exposing Hillary Clinton? No. No. Do not believe it. It's a misdirection. Just use caution. But I told Dave Hodges, I said, man, watch your back, because the very same people who are coming after us, and we do have people coming after us, will be coming after you. 
and he says it's already taking place. So go ahead, Joe. I don't know where you want to uh, go from here as far as headlines are concerned or topics, but I do have a variety of of, of news articles well, and important. We can continue on Clinton's. Um, well, I, I think you know what, Joe. I, I think that uh, all of this Clinton uh, talk is is really kind of the golden thread that runs through this. And folks, in case you you can't really understand this, um, we are we'll be back. Uh, or in case you're wondering what's going on with uh, this disjointed, uh, seemingly disjointed program, we're actually in two different locations. I'm in the studio. Um, Joe is not. And that's because right now there's some uh, conversions being done. So, and we're and to make it worse, I had to go to my home phone from Skype, which Skype is much easier and uh, and better for me. But uh, we will work through it, and uh, we'll hit these stories as there are plenty. Um, Yeah, but but Joe, Joe, just really, really quickly, uh, keep everyone keep their eyes on Clinton and, and the Clinton Foundation, because the Clinton criminal cabal is really uh, the golden thread that's running through Washington, D.C. and the Beltway today. And it's it's that the the that cabal and those in orbit around that cabal uh, that is that is responsible for a lot of what we're seeing today. Okay, so I just I want to throw that out there yeah. because everything yeah. else is related. And the only other thing, too, folks, is watch Syria. Watch what the State Department and what the uh, depart uh, what the executive branch is going to do, because we're going to find ourselves in dead heat against Syria. Go ahead against Russia. Go ahead. You know, the uh, you mentioned Libya and Syria. There was something that came out about or through the email scandal, referencing Hillary Clinton. You know, giving orders to kill Gaddafi in real time from her BlackBerry. Have you heard about that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, there were. Okay, it's my understanding. Calls, texts, and emails—all three methods of communication—that reference that whole process, and it goes yeah. back. Yeah. yeah so. Yes, the email part is just a portion of what we're not being told. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, there was that. And then there was this from WorldNet Daily. Hillary caught up in deadly drug scandal. And this is from an WorldNet Daily author, um, Larry, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Larry Clayman. And he goes through uh, some commentary saying that he's always, I have always said that there is no crime that is beneath Hillary and, and Bill Clinton, the Bonnie and Clyde of American politics. They even attempted to steal priceless White House furniture on their way out of office in January 2001, only to have shamelessly return it once caught. Um, and that is a true story, folks. If you don't know, when George Bush, uh, too, got elected, the son, there was $600,000 worth of furniture that was taken from the White House, including silverware, paintings, and, and some furniture. But it has been said that only if half, if not less than half, was actually returned. So, and I guess it is some kind of hazing ritual where some one president goes to another, you know, the staff takes keys from keyboards and phones from the the phone jacks and, you know, different silly things. But this was like, 
like a million dollar thing almost where she looted basically looted the white house of all of its furniture uh and all of what she liked from of its furniture anyway he goes on to say in the prior years uh, the duo was associated in even worse political criminal acts that is in many de- in many deaths the mysterious murder or suicide of vince foster who had been hillary clinton's law partner and extramarital and boyfriend at the Rowe law firm in little rock arkansas there before is, bill folks and Hill ascended yep. to the throne of the presidency and first ladyship, and Foster became Hillary's deputy White House counsel. In addition, over 80 others, including material witnesses, wound up dead in their world, recorded number of scandals ranging from Whitewater to Chinagate, Filegate, Travelgate, IRSgate, and a host of others. Even if the Clintons were not responsible in some way for these convenient deaths, they wanted persons who were coming forward to testify about their crimes in various legal proceedings, such as granted jury proceedings, congressional investigation, and judicial watches cases, to believe that they had possibly killed witnesses and others. This was to convince them not to testify. How else do you explain the list of over 80 dead persons, list on Defense Department chair of Linda Tripp, the woman who kept the dress uh, Slick Willie had stained during his affair with White House intern, or the same list also left on the chairs of White House whistleblowers who had come forward to Judicial Watch, the group I founded and ran to expose the Bonnie and Clyde email obstruction of Justice Caper in the 1990s. These witnesses and whistleblowers clearly feared for their lives. See my autobiography, Horrors, Why and How I Came to Fight the Establishment. Now, again, this article is written on WorldNet Daily from Larry Clayman, and it details, uh, as we just read through Vince Foster, his death, and the uh, number, the body trail behind the Clintons. And I, I mean, we just scratched the surface on this on some shows, but in the private research I've done on this, separate from talking with you about it, Dad, I mean, for two people to be so close to so many people who were suspiciously murdered or suicided, the coincidences for people who were in statistics would have to be astronomical. You would have a better rate of flicking a penny into the air and hoping it hit the moon's surface than to be completely innocent and surrounded by so much death. You're exactly right. And, and a key to, to this, even today, and, and this is what people really need to, to, to really understand. The key to all this is you've got a, a criminal element within the government who has taken over the government. They've taken over the power within the, you know, inside the beltway. And key to this, are, are the Clintons, of course, who are financed. If you follow the money, you will see where the, where the, you'll see the, the, the common factors. Uh, the money leads to foreign interests into and through the Clinton Foundation. The money also, um, or the, or the, the, um, architects behind the global takeover are, uh, as Dave Hodges pointed out, um, are the same people today as they were 15 years ago. Um, uh, I, 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 this is larger. 
this is larger than anyone can really comprehend, Joe. Uh, well, yes, it the, is. The I mean, and and please, please, one the Foster, Foster was. It is my professional opinion. Foster was murdered, and there are too many people right now. Too many people, even today, attempting to say, "Well, no, he 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 committed suicide." Okay. However, the suicide was covered up by transporting the body elsewhere. That is. That is, to me, in my view, one of the most uh, one of the most egregious ways of diverting from the truth. Okay, please understand that. And and you you've got people that are trying to to push that specific narrative, change the facts a little bit, make it sound a little bit. Yeah, there was some criminal conspiracy going on there, but you know they weren't responsible for his death. That again. When you look at the facts and factors of his death and understand the role he played and why he was taken out, you'll see, as you had mentioned, that the Clinton body count, that the overlap from the Clintons to Obama and others in power, they all have body counts. Just some are bigger than others, but they're related. Uh, That's all I really want to say. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, they are. Uh, very much so. And um, there's an, an article out by the American Patriot Daily.com, and this is good bombshell. Hillary Clinton just admitted Obama was helping terrorists. Donald Trump made waves when he blasted Obama's priorities and commitment to fighting ISIS. Members of the media accused Trump of questioning Obama's loyalties, but no one knew how close to home the criticism hit. News reports reveal that a classified memo sent to Hillary Clinton laying out Obama's support for ISIS, Breitbart reports. Hillary Clinton received a classified intelligence report stating that the Obama administration was actively supporting al-Qaeda in Iraq, the terrorist group that became the Islamic State. The memo made clear that al-Qaeda in Iraq was speaking through Mohammed al-Andani, who is now the senior spokesman for the Islamic State, also known as ISIS. Western and Gulf states were supporting the terrorist group to resolve, or I'm sorry, were supporting the terrorist group to try to overthrow Syrian dictator Bashir al-Assad, who was being propped up by the Russians, Iranians, and Chinese. Now, this is exactly what you wrote about and uncovered. In August 2012, a secret classified memo was sent to various top Obama administration officials and agencies, including the State Department and to Clinton, her office personally. The report identifies al-Qaeda in Iraq as being one of the principal elements of the Syrian opposition or rebels in which the West was choosing to support. Donald Trump took to Twitter to remind liberal media he was right in wondering why Obama gave priority to our enemies over our allies. The question of which side Obama has come down on in the Middle East conflicts has plagued America for years. The war in Libya that Obama began that Hillary championed and disposed strongman Muammar Gaddafi was created a power vacuum that was filled by ISIS. The chaotic situation in Libya allowed jihadists to run wild. American paid the American America paid the price when terrorism attacked our countryside. And also uh who can forget the consulate in Benghazi and murder of four Americans, including our ambassador? And Obama.
Obama sought to arm moderate rebels in the Syrian civil war. But foreignpolicyreports.com reports half of the Western shipments sent to so-called Syrian rebels ended up in the hands of al-Nusra Front, which is known as al-Qaeda in Syria. And it goes on to here. Uh, so far, nothing about the confrontation was unusual. Hardcore Islamists in the Nusra Front have long outgunned the more secular nationalists. Western-supported rebels, according to FSA officials, Nusra routinely harvested up to half of the weapons supplied by the Friends of Syria, a collection of countries opposed to Assad, and has regularly smashed FSA factions that were corrupt or ineffective, or that Nusra thought they were getting too strong or too popular. The memo to Hillary outlining Obama's support for what would become ISIS in Iraq is just further proof of the disastrous consequences of the Obama foreign policy. And it is right on the money. The Syrian rebels or the opposition that we armed was nothing more than a another name for ISIS. Just like the Mujahideen was nothing but another name for Al-Qaeda. It's like the head of the snake, and it continues to eat the tail, becoming, you know, <laughs> one. It's all the same thing. It's just one snake in a big circle. Uh, you can dress it up, paint it how you want, but the Mujahideen is Al-Qaeda, is Al-Nusra, is ISIS. Hezbollah is, you know, and, and it goes on. And I know it, it's all Islam. In it's Islam. all Islam. Exactly. Yeah. It is all Islam. Islam, aside from our intervention in Islam into the Middle East, things, you know, in minus 9-11, who knows how relatively peaceful things will be now. But once but, Obama but took power, the but, Arab yeah, Spring went into effect. Right, right. Go ahead. And yeah, that was a continue. furthering of the PNAC Bush document. Very, very much, and, and there, there's your larger picture right there. And this is what we have to keep our our eyes on, because this is all about uh, shaping perception. This is all about um, uh, elevating Islam and denigrating Christianity. When I say elevating Islam, uh, I, I should uh, maybe that's not the way to to say it. It's to cleanse the stains from Islam. By attempting to separate the radicals from the from the not active or the non activists in Islam, but it's for a larger purpose. Because Joe, okay, you're talking about really definitions. You're talking about the uh, uh, yeah, I mean definitions and things that are the normal talking points for the people on the evening news. But what's behind all of this, or, or because of all of this? And closely intertwined with all of this, let's just move to to, to this. What's happening today, just very quickly here, because uh, I know that we're we only got 50 minutes left of this hour. The, the Senate today, and this has been re, uh, reported on, and I think you you have this. The Senate. Uh, this is being reported on by Matt Vespa of Townhall.com. The Senate was voting today on pro-gun control amendments. Folks, all the amendments failed to get the necessary votes. Uh, the Senate is invoking a cloture vote, or this according to Matt Vespa, offered by uh, Senators uh, Dianne Feinstein, Feinstein of California and Chris Murphy. Now, these 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 um, uh, amendments would offer or expand background checks and 
permit the AG, the Attorney General, to, to prevent anyone with a reasonable belief of having terrorist ties from purchasing firearms. And, and of course, this was rushed through because of, of what happened in Orlando. Anyway, last week, folks, you, you know, Senator Murphy, now he launched the, that 15-hour filibuster. Joe talked about that last week. Holding up a spending bill to fund the Department of Justice until agreement could be reached to hold a vote on some pro-gun control amendments that the, and specifically the Democrats or the progressives, uh, think could help prevent another mass shooting. Well, the filibuster ended when Republicans agreed to vote on these amendments. Now this is all for show because, um, no, this is all for show because during that period, and again, as Matt Vespa had, had reported on, uh, the progressives in the Senate had really stretched the truth on some claims. It really stretched the truth on, uh, on, uh, guns, for example. Uh, and I can get into it, but folks, you know, well, I'll get into some, okay? Um, just very quickly, is this all right, Joe? Or because I can't see you. Uh, is this yeah, all right? no, go ahead. Okay, all right. Um, the, uh, uh, the the progressives in the Senate made some outlandish claims on the Senate floor, and the Washington Post reported on these. Uh, how about this? Um, Murphy from Connecticut, Senator said, what we know is that states have imposed those reasonable limitations, or where, I'm sorry, what we know, yeah, let me start this again. What we know is that in states that have imposed reasonable limitations, there are less gun crimes, there are less homicides. Well, that's totally untrue. Um, the data used in the National Journal, Journal chart that calculates the number of gun-related deaths per 100,000 people, including all gun deaths, including homicides, suicides, Accidental gun deaths, legal intervention involving firearms. When you take the suicides out from the total and rerun the numbers, it makes a huge difference. Half of the 10 states with the lowest gun death rates turn out to be the states with the less restrictive gun laws. Now, that's just one example. I can go on and on and on. But anyway, the important news today is what you're not hearing is the failure uh, of, of the... Uh, Grassley Amendment from passing. That failed by a 53-47 vote. That's one. The Murphy Amendment to expand background checks. That failed on a 56-44 to 44 vote. The, the, uh, um, there was another amendment. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and if I can add this. Go ahead. That the, many of these amendments and, and, uh, last ditch efforts or, or, uh, things they're trying to get through would not, none of these would have stopped Omar Mateen from carrying out none. the act of violence. He was a contractor for a company that worked for the Department of Homeland Security for our own government. He was featured yeah. said, in that documentary about the BP oil spill providing security for workers who were trying to clean it up. He had, uh, as we said last week, every conceivable thing to make the stop this from happening happened you had gun owners call fbi disney call fbi because the gun owners saw there was something up with the way this guy and his mannerisms were how he acted there was disney officials who caught this man uh, scouting out locations as it turned out to be true calling the fbi three interviews by the fbi conducted with this man all i mean 
things that they they want from us. See something, say something. All that protocol was carried out to the letter. Nothing more aside from a man with a gun following this gentleman could have done or this man could have done differently. But they want to blame the guns. They want to blame the uh, you know assault weapons. They want to blame the right-wing uh, gun people for saying that you know because you refused to budge on gun laws you know the orlando massacre is your fault there's been murder since the beginning of time as we know and we state this often a lot on our show uh cain and abel you had thousands of years of wars guns were not invented until a few hundred years ago there have been thousands of years of massacres and wars without guns if people think that guns are going to stop any... If somebody wants to kill somebody else, you don't need a gun. It might make things a little easier, but it's not going to solve the problem. The problem is the bankrupt morality of human beings on this earth. And that was done as part of the agenda to demoralize and take morality, take the Bible, take the Ten Commandments, take God out of the church, out of the schools, out of the public eye. Replace God in church with an all-loving God who is indifferent of religions and complete contradiction to everything that is taught in our true Bible and Christian religion. They've perverted it. They've perverted God, they've perverted His image, and they have, are soon to do the ultimate uh, act in which they are going to merge man with machine and create and bring about the end of the world. Now, that could be in two months, that could be in five years, or five decades. But this is the goal that they are working towards. So when we talk about spirits and, and powers of darkness and principalities of evil that are pulling the strings behind these human beings who are the face of these atrocities, that's why we say this, because this is a spiritual warfare battle that has been fought since before humans were even on this earth. And it will be a spiritual warfare battle that ends this way that we understand life to be. And take an end and bring an end to all violence and hatred and end up all of us either in heaven or hell. It all boils down to the spiritual warfare and those components that That's run right. the humans from behind the scenes or the veil. Hey, you, I, I don't think I could have said that any better. And that is so true. That is and again, we're we're pushing people, or hopefully pushing people, to see the larger picture here. We can't. Uh, the, the folks, the headlines, the news, the events are taking place so quickly right now. What do you do? How can you triage? I mean, it would be like any one of us, any one of you listeners listening to this program, responding to a mass casualty event by yourself. And you, you've got to do triage, perform triage. And you've got to take a step back and realize that we are at a crime scene of horrific proportions, understand how huge everything is, and rather than focus on one or two headlines, look at everything in the context of the bigger picture. Joe, I've got one report here, and, and Paul Joseph Watson talked about this or referenced this, where three Syrian, quote, refugees rape a little girl at knife point not on the border not a five in, year old yeah in idaho june 2nd no media attention 
there was one report from KMVT. Uh, uh, but, but see, here's what's taking place, or here's what took place really quick. The, the perpetrators the, uh, of this horrendous crime are three Syrian youths, age 8, 10, and 13. The oldest boy directly assault. The little girl was playing outside an apartment building. And when the boys put a knife to her throat, forced her inside a laundry unit, she was stripped naked, raped, and then urinated on. The 13-year-old told the others to to urinate. And Islam Another, would have yeah. her stoned. Right, exactly. For such an offense. But, but folks, okay, this is a case where this is a horrendous story. But, we, but take this, now multiply this accordingly because you're going to see this happen in your town you're going to see this now understand this happening all across the western world this is folks as as this is islam this is a culture war that we spoke of years ago it's not coming anymore it's here and if if you don't understand, if the if people don't understand that this was orchestrated, this is not an exception. This will no. be the routine. Absolutely. Yeah. There's an article from the Washington Post. I reported Omar Mateen to the FBI. Trump is wrong that Muslims do not do our part. This is an article by this author who is a, a, a Muslim. Uh, who apparently reported Mateen. And, and this is what he says. He said, Donald Trump believes American Muslims are hiding something. They know what's going on. They know that Omar Mateen was bad, he said, after the Orlando massacre. They have to cooperate with law enforcement and turn in people who they know are bad. But would you do that? They didn't turn them in, and you know what? We had death and destruction. This is a common idea in the United States. It's also a lie. First, Muslims like me see into the hearts of our worshipers. Do you know the hidden depths of everyone in your community? Second, Trump is wrong that we don't speak up when we are able. I know this firsthand. I was the one who told the FBI about Omar Mateen. How convenient. A Washington Post author writes about how he told the FBI about Omar Mateen. I met Omar for the first time in 06 at an infar... I'm sorry... Uh, iftar meal at my brother-in-law's house. As the woman, including his mother and sisters, chatted in the living room, I sat with the men in the patio and got to know him and his father. Omar broke his Ramadan fast with a protein shake. He was quiet then and always and let his dad do the talking. Well, folks, have you heard his dad talk? Anyway, it continues. I'd seen them before at the oldest mosque in the area, the Islamic Center of Ford Pierce. We have a lot of immigrants in our community. They grew up in other countries, often with different sensibilities. Few don't understand American culture. They struggled to connect with their American-born, American-raised kids. I came here from Pakistan in 79 when I was six, grew up in Queens, like Omar, and Fort Lauderdale. Went through the American education system and assimilated well. I was able to make better inroads with young people in our community, including introverted teenager I met at the Iftar. I tried to stay in touch with the younger generation, acting as a mentor when I could. 
I saw Omar from time to time. Over the next decade, we developed a relationship because of the other Muslim kids in the age group uh, went elsewhere for college. He stayed behind. We mostly spoke over the phone or texted with one, one another a half dozen times per year. We've talked about the lack of social programs at the mosque, especially for teens and young adults. I often played pranks on him. Once around 2009, I attached an LED light to the tires of his car, and he uh, drove... And when he drove, the wheels glowed neon. He laughed when he figured it out a few days later. So after Omar married and moved into his own home, he began to come to the mosque more often. He went on a religious trip to Saudi Arabia. There, uh, there was nothing to indicate that he had a dark side, even when his first wife divorced. But the, as the news reports this week has made clear, Omar did have a dark outlook on life, partly because he was upset. He saw racism in the United States against Muslims. When he worked as a security guard at St. Lucia's County Courthouse, he told uh, me visitors often made nasty or bigoted remarks to him about Islam. Folks, this guy looked as Islam. I mean, he didn't have a beard. He had. He looked. You couldn't pick if there were claims of I racism mean, are, are just BS against. He looked the like team. A, a white guy almost. Right. Right, I, I, you, yeah, the racist claims are, are, are BS. And th- th- this, you know what, Joe, th- see, all of this is showing that you've got now the, um, uh, what the, um, uh, executive branch of this government has been peddling for now eight years, actually longer, because uh, Bush, the Bush White House, as well as the Clinton White House, did as well. They, they've been they've been uh, biased on, in favor of of Muslims. You've got what you what you have now, and, and this includes Mateen, but but Mateen is more of a uh, an operative rather than a a. Uh, uh, um, He's more of an operative. I'll just leave it at that. But see, you've got this clash of cultures. You've got Twin Falls, Idaho, where this, as I mentioned, this little girl was raped, and the three boys urinated on her body. She's alive, thankfully, where they put a knife to her throat and forced her into this laundry unit and raped her and then did horrible things to her. But see, what you're what you're seeing here, including in this particular town in Idaho, are the council members showing ignorance to the severity of the the clash of cultures. They couldn't even take a police report because there was a language barrier. Folks, borders, language, culture. This is what's under attack, as well as our constitution, our Christian heritage, the bigger picture. Focus on that. I'll be right back. Stay right where you're at. Hour number three coming right up. This is the Global Star Radio Network. City, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the danger 
dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Sure, people. This is not an aesthetic necessarily an aesthetic uh, uh, upgrade. What we're doing here is attempting to uh, use, and I just want to thank everyone for just being so supportive of us. But this is an attempt to use uh, what we've been gifted uh, from all of the people who've helped us to integrate to, to add integration of uh, video to, uh, to to show people. Um, uh, to be more interactive with both our listeners on the on the listening side as well as our uh, viewers, so the upgrades are just not merely aesthetic when we say like new studio it 's like okay, how many times guys are you going to do this no 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 it 's not right it 's not for the the vanity of right. it it is right. um, much deeper than that it 's actually the out it 's to look good but it 's to serve a function. Uh, right. Especially with bringing in in-studio guests, one and two, uh, this change is part of a bigger change that will incorporate having uh, our guests that are on via Skype to bring their video feed through as well. Sure, and, and let me tell you, it's no in doing that. I mean, that is an expensive proposition to do it correctly and to have the correct quality uh, of, of video. So, uh, but 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 as we get closer to these events that are taking place, Joe, and ladies and gentlemen, we need to really be more effective in our communication, and this is what we're really trying to accomplish. By the way, during the break, I, I, you know, we we had talked about this hour and what we we're going to cover. Uh, of course, Joe and I are not in the same room, in the same studio, in the same building, even, uh, and that's. For cause, and this is why too. Uh, folks tuning into the YouTube are not going to see the video, but uh, tomorrow it, you know we'll uh, we'll be back on video. But I just want to mention uh, something more about Mateen. You know, 
do not accept, and, and, and please be very careful, ladies and gentlemen, about what what's going on with this Orlando shooting. Understand the bigger bigger uh, uh, objective of this is, of course, to be exploited, to to take away our First and Second Amendment rights as Americans, and it's also. I mean, there's fourth. a much greater, yeah, exactly. And our fourth, as we saw with the Supreme Court opinion, but just really quick, you, you know, people say, well, you know, you guys are conspiracies. Uh, you guys are into conspiracies. Well, wait a second. Joe, you mentioned too that, uh, you mentioned earlier, and, and folks, I'm sure you have, uh, heard, for example, the story about Mateen and the FBI, but on Facebook, okay, you just consider this. And and tell me, today, if you know how quickly Facebook censors certain things, right? I mean, you could put something up about. Oh Jesus yeah, it's come out that and, they've and cons- they've, they've censored uh, yeah. conservative news uh, feeds right. on the timeline threads that they have pushed them down to the bottom or hid them from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are, are, are multiple layers of ways they can they can censor things. Twitter and even well, to the yeah. point where um, women for Trump has been censored well uh you know i want to murder trump is a lot you know being promoted basically on facebook same thing with right Twitter. right and look not at the at, at the uh at the low level operatives within facebook and within twitter look at the head people the, the people who attend the the meetings of the the globalists or with the globalists yeah. um now when you they're talk the about attendees they're the very, you know, yeah yeah, or or the the secret power meetings uh, that these that these have people have, and you think, oh well, that's just all conspiracy nonsense. No, it's not. I mean, they're laying out the really the the rules, the ground rules for for the uh, social networking and, and the, to to construct the narrative. Um, yeah. I just want to m- make sure people go ahead, go ahead. We handed our control of the internet over, so <laughs> it's not like yeah. we have a say anymore. No, no, not not at all. Uh, but but uh, you know. With the with respect to the FBI, we are we're looking really deep into the uh, interaction between Omar Mateen, his family, the and what what a lot of people aren't really uh, or what's not being talked about is the role that the imam and the mosque in Orlando, which by the way yeah. I was at. All right, when I was in Orlando in two thousand and six. Um, I had met in up with 2014, 15, but <laughs> right, but in 2006, I had met up with a, uh, a gentleman who was uh, part of Northeast Intelligence Network, Archangel. He goes by, and we had uh, uh, toured the mosque, and the, um, the, the there was actually construction. Uh, it, it was kind of a two-part mosque, if you will, with construction taking place and a new groundbreaking at it. Uh, at this moment, but, but having said all of that, um, you've got there is what is not being covered is the FBI. They're um, giving a pass to the mosque and the imam at the mosque at this point, and, and uh, despite the incestuous and operational connection between that particular mosque in again in. in in, based yeah. on my research, and uh, Mati, didn't he come out and say, you know, we feel compassion for the homosexuals. That's why we kill them. 
that was along the, those lines. That was a speaker invited by the imam at that mosque. Oh. Okay, so, but but the but but this this Omar the shooter and and why we're we're spending so much time on this is because this is not just a questionable event. You've got how many ignition points or points of ignition here can you really toss yeah. into one event? You've got the homosexual community. You've got so-called assault weapons, a mass mass casualty shooting, and you've got Islam. And then you've got the transcripts, the volatile in and of themselves that are being redacted by the Justice Department. I mean, every time you turn around, man. If I could summarize this show real quick here, there's an article on uh, uh, Breitbart.com. Obama administration history of scrubbing a law transcripts. And it goes on to talk about, um, to this day, official White House transcript of a Rose Garden ceremony with the father of released soldier Bo Bergdahl remains transcribed every word besides Robert Bergdahl's Arabic tra- uh, de- declaration of Bishamal al-Ramadan al-Rahim. Yeah. This means, in the name of Allah, the merciful and compassionate. The White House website provides a video of the ceremony at which the controversial prisoner swap for Bergdahl in exchange for five Taliban members who were held at the detention center in Guantanamo Bay was announced. So this is not the first time that Obama has changed a transcript or doctored history to hide the name of Allah, the God they worship, while carrying out acts of violence against anybody they can find to be victims. Right. This, uh, what we're seeing take place right now, and going back to the opening of the show, at what point now do we, should we, do we need the men listening to this? Um, we, we have to, folks, I, I mean, to, to all the men out there, we have to really man up and become the leaders we were meant to be. We were born for this time, as I, that's right. It, so, it's not. It's not some um, pacified, uh, you know, ladylike thing to be in communication with your neighbors, to be a leader of the community, to have community groups even being run from your house, to be the leader of the community groups. Bible studies or not, in times of great calamity, the only people that will survive are those that can stick together under humanity and brotherly love and we don't have that in this country right now i mean it's there in pockets but if each and every neighborhood set up something where you get to meet your neighbors shake their hand introduce yourself by name if the local elections had as much attention as the presidential elections if people shopped at local uh, home-owned you know, businesses rather than the big chain stores. We could change this country. Like Josh Charlie said in Dallas, here's the watchman. In, a, in the Muslim community, a $1 bill will circulate 16 transactions within that same Muslim community before leaving it. You can't even count the number of transactions Christian money stays in Christian communities because it doesn't exist. You're, this you're is right the problem. Money. You're, you're right. You're you're right on the money. Pun intended. I, exactly. 
And I just want to also go back to Orlando one more time. One thing that people really that that needs to come out and get into the mainstream media, folks, be very listen very carefully. Joe mentioned this earlier, but we really need to focus on this as well. Was, the, was it Mateen the, supporting Hillary? Well, <laughs> the father, the shooter's father, his direct involvement with the White House. Okay, you will find not only with the State Department of State that is, but you will you will find his direct. It, it, this I, I'm working on this, and, and um, I'm, I'm attempting to make some verifications. But you will find that Mateen's father has direct involvement with the Obama White House. And you, you've got to understand that there is a Taliban angle to this. All right? Um, the radical or Taliban trail led right back to, uh, to, to the father and to his interaction with Obama and the people in the White House. Um, and, you know, they'll spin this as a diplomatic uh, necessity as the father of Mateen is involved in Afghanistan politics. It was even speculated that he was a presidential candidate in Afghanistan. So they can right. use right. a lie that is under a legitimate pretext to excuse away the presence of this man in their facilities. Well, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, uh, I, I think at this point um, people would be well advised to uh, take note of Thomas Jefferson, his, uh, what was it, his first inaugural address back in 1801. All right, some of the things, just very briefly, because we have to go back and, and look at history to understand. I mean, the further, as Churchill said, look, the further back in history you look, the further ahead you can see. And is he ever correct, especially when you look at uh, Thomas Jefferson's first inaugural address in 1801? And he addresses the American people. He advises us what to do if our nation happens to wander away from the essential principles of liberty that he outlined in his address. And you can find his address online. But the I think one of the key quotes, and I'm going to turn this back over to you, Joe, but I think one of the key quotes from uh, Jefferson's first inaugural address is this. After mentioning um, a number of uh, things, a number of... Uh, um, oh, uh, good things about our country. Let's just say it like that. He says this. These principles form the bright constellation which has gone before us and guided our steps through an age of revolution and reformation. The wisdom of our sages and blood of our heroes have been devoted to their attainment. Meaning, Folks, meaning that, that for example, the uh, this uh, the, the supremacy of the civil over the military authority, for example, and the honest economic system we had at one time, and the encouragement of farming and agriculture and such. Okay, he had listed all these. Then he said, um, 
what I just what I just said. The, these principles form the brightest constel or bright constellation which has gone before us, etc. They should be the creed of our political faith, the text of our civic instruction, the touchstone by which to try the services of those we trust. And here it is. And should we wander from them in moments of error or of alarm, let us hasten to retrace our steps and to regain the road which alone leads to peace, liberty, and safety. Thomas Jefferson is saying, folks, if it gets bad, we need a reset. And we're not talking about a Hillary Clinton Obama reset. No, no, we're talking about a full reset. And how do we how do we do that? Well, it's spelled out in the Declaration of Independence, our founding documents. When a actually, you know what? I have a pocket constitution over there. I'm not going to grab it, but to paraphrase, when the government is petitioned to by the people and the government refuses to listen. It is not only the obligation, but it is the duty of the people to implement a new form of government. Amen. Amen. You know, that's what I mean. That's what it uh, says. As I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it boils down to. But but isn't isn't it something here? And just to talk about this in, in conversational format, isn't it something that that. Washingtonians, the people in power, the Luciferians, I shouldn't say Washingtonians, but the uh, globalists in power and in place that make up the cabal in the White House and in Washington that set domestic and foreign policy, that are crying that we need to attack Syria, that are saying we need to, the very same people are saying we need to go out and, and take out Assad are the very same people who are saying we need to change the laws and implement gun laws. And folks, let me tell you something. In the next, what, 214 days that Obama has in office, illegitimate as it might be, you can take it to the bank. Not only will there be another mass casualty event, statistically I'm sure that's that's more of a probability than not. Just but there will, there will be, yes, yes, but there will be attempts and perhaps executive fiats mandating uh, not just registration and controlling of guns, but of, of gun confiscation. And you, again, you might say, well, that would not make any sense. There are more guns than people, exponentially more uh, guns than people in this country. It wouldn't make sense. Uh, you know, Have an Katrina. Exactly, but see, here's what the here's what the people in, in the globalists are counting on. They know that almost half, about half of the United people here in the United States, are in. I'm not going to apologize for saying this. Low information. Um, uh, low information. Well, that's not wrong. No, but, but, and, I mean, it's not, it's not saying takers. they're stupid or unintelligent. It's saying that uh, for many people, they like to not only be left alone and keep outside influences out, but there are so many people who are working hard just to keep their families uh, in a house or with shelter and food That and also understand that no matter which candidate or political system or party that they vote for or are a part of, that it's not going to benefit them or their families. They understand that Washington is a bureaucratic machine bogged down by uh, 
uh, you know, too many laws, too much money. It, it's not that they are uninformed because they are not they're they're not smart enough to be informed or not intelligent enough to learn. It's that they're uninformed, not because they choose to be either, but because they have priorities separate from others. Right. Then there right. are those that and choose to be some. uninformed. I mean, look, there are some that are freeloaders, and there are others that are so busy trying to keep a roof over their head and pay their gas bill and and send you know send their children to to, to school. I, I we get all that. But, there's but a few the other, that are so busy trying to tear single other people down that they encompasses <laughs> them to the point of oh, yeah. self delusion and that, that of course else. is something else. Yeah. But 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 then again, then you have the other side of the coin, where most, if not the major, well, most, yeah, I'm going to say the majority of the corporate mass media are so far into the tank in protecting the globalist with distortions, yeah, with propaganda, yeah, for the reputation. Well, right, right, and, and you know. Um, yeah. The that I, I guess how do you how do you fight against a um, and, and and maybe this this is the bigger issue as well how do you fight against the media um, it used to be used to say you know anyway you don't argue with someone who buys ink by the barrel okay uh, folks you get the idea you, it's it's difficult. To, to wage an information campaign from our little digs, I have got to tell you, it's difficult to, to go head to head, and we're not going to be successful in the minds of the many mass delusioned, uh, d- deluded, I should say, individuals out there. You know, if it's us or the New York Times, who do you think is going to be believed? It's certainly not going to be us. It's going to be the New York Times, even though we might just be right. Correct, the New York Times, of course, they're the, you know, the old great lady. You've got to respect that. But having said all of that, you've got the, this perception, and, and one of the greatest disservices, you've got this deception that's out there uh, about people, about the independent media. But one of the greatest disservices that is taking place within the independent media is the intentional distortion of facts to uh, that, that essentially uh, uh, propels or perpetuates bad conspiracy theories. When I say bad conspiracy theories, I'm talking about conspiracy uh, conspiracies that have no factual merit. All right, so we've got to be careful with self well, it, it doesn't matter what the subject. Yeah, yeah that could very well be. Flat earthers. But but no, uh, but no. But we have to understand that there are intentionally bad um, and deliberate conspirators right. out there. Okay. Right. Every lie is built on a kernel of truth. First of all, and, and there you go. You have to understand that because. That's how they get away with these things, you know, whether it's 95% truth, 5% lie, or 95% lie and 5% truth. I don't know if I just messed that up, but regardless, you uh, know that the the lie is always built on, on a piece of truth. And with the new technology that we have from the iPhones, I mean, we have an attention span of, what, 15 seconds? And vocabulary, as you say, of 140 words. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a shame when our vocabulary or our thoughts are are limited, okay, or at least seemingly limited, self-limited to 140 characters like Twitter, yeah. for example. But, but, but see, that is shaping. That's engineering. They're engineering. 75% of links shared on social media are not read by those who share them. That's a sad statistic in my mind. Because that, that's interesting. When I look at Facebook, you see, you know, lots of things, you know, exposing the new world order, you know, Bilderberg, this and that. But how who who take do people take the time to read them? I would hope so. But, I mean, but, but that's not the case in in, in many of the cases. And, how many and times could that add to that? the disconnect? Sure. People not being sure. informed on the issues that they believe to be true. Well, look at these statistics. How many times have you and folks? This to me as well. This is why we're losing, or we're—I shouldn't say losing. This is why we're having a difficult time in fighting the information war. Because how many times have we heard, if it's on the Senate floor or if it's stated with authority by someone in the media, uh, statistics? I mentioned statistics about gun control, for example. They're totally bogus statistics. They have no basis in fact, yet they're parroted and accepted as fact. And they become talking points of the progressives. And people don't question them. It's like, okay. And if you look at the statistics and you break them down, one example is mass shootings in the last year. And I was looking on, there's an actual site that has a map. And it, you can click on it by incident, and they have little bubbles around each area where the shootings happen. Well, here in Erie, a year and a half ago, there was five people shot in some kind of eviction party. I think one or two were, were killed. But on a government website, they have it listed as a mass shooting event that adds to the narrative of terrorism. Well, you, you know what? Yeah, nothing to do with terrorism. Well, I- exactly. No, and it's uh, statistics like those you pile them together, and right. you can't differentiate. I mean, when some FBI, you know, agent or uh, PR person says, "Well, there were you know ten thousand two hundred forty-two deaths due to terrorism-related gun violence," you have to take each individual case and look and see, uh, because unlike Fort Hood which wasn't workplace violence, it was a terrorist attack. There are incidents of workplace violence. Well, Um, this kind of dovetails into something I I, I thought was rather interesting, and I don't know how many people have heard of the Ferguson effect. All right. And and Heather McDonald um, appeared on Fox News this morning to discuss the controversial Ferguson effect. Now, um, I guess I'll just kind of give a thumbnail sketch of this. Uh, what what she did was she showed a graphic showing that homicide was up nine percent in America, in America's well, I should say in America's sixty three biggest cities. Now the host asked this Heather McDonald to explain the Ferguson effect, and McDonald replied, "Well, the Ferguson effect refers to." Okay, officers backing up proactive policing in inner city neighborhoods. And because of that, criminals becoming more brazen. 
And, and she continued. She, she said, not only are we seeing a crime increase this year, last year there was a 17% homicide increase in the 56 largest cities. And the cities with black populations, 50%, 50% more increase in homicides. Black lives are being taken at an enormous rate and not a word of protest from Black Lives Matters protesters. Now, she continued this Heather McDonald continued on her uh, Black, Live, Black Lives Matter movement saying, uh, her attack on her, this movement saying, we need officers to act cur- courteously, responsibly, and within the confines of the law. But Black Lives Matter movement is a fraud. Okay, as you said, the kernel of truth in, in, in a mountain of lies. And she says, it's based on a lie that the biggest threat facing young black men today is the police. That's simply not true. Now, the... She, uh, when the Fox News host asked her to expound on the lie. Now, this Heather McDonald kind of had trouble with responding to that. Having just said the lie was the claim made by Black Lives Matter that police officers were the biggest threat to young black men, McDonald said the lie is the biggest threat facing... The lie is, I'm sorry, the lie is that the biggest threat facing young black men is black-on-black crime. Black Blacks die at a homicide rate six times that of whites and Hispanics combined because they commit homicides at an eight times, uh, rate eight times higher than whites and Hispanics combined. Now, uh, I can go on, but I would urge everyone to research the Ferguson effect. Just type that in the search engine and just search that out. The Ferguson effect itself, it, it had gained some credibility when a crime researcher who had previously suggested it did not exist reversed himself. And we're, I'm talking about University of Missouri St. Louis criminologist Richard Rosenfeld. He announced last month the only explanation that gets the timing right is a version of the Ferguson effect. And I'm not going to get into it here, but this is part of shaping the narrative. Um, using some, using statistics to, to make them to squeeze out what they want you to believe. Um, I, no one has taken, so far, no one has really taken taken on the stats, and or, or I shouldn't say the stats, but how the stats are being applied to this in Heather McDonald. So she continues to, to, uh, to spout her theories out there as if they were fact, and no one has taken her to... To, to task for pandering, yeah. To, to and if they thing. do, it will it will be you know a mere footnote mention uh, in the newspaper on page six or you know some kind of um, buried uh, correction in on a website. Precisely. There's an article so, on the know, New so American Managing yeah. History: A Review to the Victor Go the Myths and uh, Monuments. It's a good no, write-up. I, I would, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's right along the lines of what we're talking about all night tonight. Uh, to the victor go the myths and monuments is a historical overview of the first hundred years of the country's existence, as well as being much more. The author explains that those who study history soon discover that history books do not always contain the entire story, which often happens to be a space... Uh, constraints or because the author is unaware of certain facts. History can also be restricted to selected facts and deliberately ignored information which 
the author creates facts or distorts the true picture of past events. Such distortions build up over time can have deadly effects on a people and on nations. George Orwell, whom the author quotes on the page, put it, in, put it many years ago, the most effective way to destroy a people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. And it goes on. Interesting. Interesting. It says, in addition to distortions in historic, of historical record, one adds another factor, the intentional dumbing down of people. The disintegration of a country can be accomplished even more quickly. I refer to the modern phenomenon of large numbers of high school or even college grads who are unable to find the Pacific Ocean on unlabeled maps of the world, world or to arrange major events in historical personages in chronological order, i.e. that Washington lived before the Civil War and John F. Kennedy, a president mm -hmm. who lived a century after. Even the ability to use and understand the English language has fallen on hard times. The vocabulary of average young, uh, of a average young person, has dwindled alarmingly. A diminishing vocabulary means a diminishing ability to understand the lessons of history to or to grasp today's critical issues. Thus, one can see why control of education has long been a major objective of those desiring revolutionary changes in America, i.e., the Department of Education. Yep, yep. Y y you see, when you are unable to effectively communicate, this is, this is why we talk about the Tavistock Institute. This is why we talk about the Department of Education, the, the, uh, the yeah. Deweys of the Psycho world. Psychoterrorism is what Dr. Nick Begich termed it in controlling the human mind in his book. The term psychoterrorism was created by a Russian writer uh, of the Moscow Anti-Psychotronic uh, Center. He indicates that psychotronic weapons can be used to take away part of information which is stored in a person's brain and send it to a computer which uh, reworks it to the level needed to control the person. The modified information is reinserted into the person's brain and brought to them by their own information. The systems are then able to induce hallucinations, sickness, mutations in human cells, and zombification, or even death. But we're not talking about this advanced scientific uh, memory, uh, techn technological memory uh, enhancement or, or takeaway. We're talking about doing this subliminally in real time in front of your face with the information, the disinformation, and our uh, critical thinking skills and our discernment, specifically our discernment, in sifting through current events through a biblical perspective. Because we are being fed a line of garbage that will lead this to our dis the, the destruction of our souls. That's why Jesus mm -hmm. said the, the way to heaven is narrow and few find it. The way right. to hell is wide and many find it. It's because it takes more than just being informed. We have to be informed and guided and directed by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we are lost. We, that's what, you know, gnosis is, is meaning knowledge. And Gnosticism is anti-Christianism. It is, if I were to define it, it's a form of Satanism in its true form, or Luciferianism. 
it is enlightenment through knowledge or perceived human wisdom or fallen angel wisdom that puts itself higher than God, thinking that the wisdom obtained through, you know, because it's hidden and through these dark spiritual channels, they, these people feel invincible through that wisdom, through the control that that wisdom brings them. A good example is how during eclipses in ancient times, people would learn when eclipses would happen and would be able to gain power of people through controlling them by predicting an eclipse and you know, making no, some ultimatum right. saying, if right. you don't do this, you know, I will bring an eclipse, turning themselves into a godlike status symbol. There you go. That, that, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's tri- it goes back to the furthest times in human history, the manipulation of humans for control uh, and power and authority. And the only thing that has changed, it has become more complex. It has become more difficult to discern. I bet every one of our minds would, would, would die to be back in those early simpler times when things seemed so black and white, and maybe they weren't back then. Well, today, you know, it's... It, in the information world, what do you, but, but, you have to have that discernment. Well, right. But, but then, okay, yes, we, yes, we do. And, and this gets into an even broader discussion, I think, too, because when we talked about the Department of Education and, and, and our ability to communicate, uh, when we look at what's taking place over the longer term and the larger larger perspective here, we're seeing this um, very toxic hate, um, hate-inducing uh Envy reinforcing version of history. I'm now. I'm going to cite uh, Pastor Bill Randles, who's a friend of of, uh, of Maria Canice, the author of Prepare for Persecution. He had uh, had once written an article. I, I think this is a number of years ago, where he talks about how education, how, how revi- revision revisionist history that is really the title of the or references the title of the show or the title of the show is referencing uh, in, the, in the minor sense here with respect to the, the narrative on the Orlando shooting how in the much broader broader sense how um, the, the toxic toxicity of our educational system and the uh, people awash in ignorance is is really, uh, I don't know, accelerating or perpetuating this this culture war and this. Um, it's even more than that. It, it's it's the uh, the the crashing of our civilization. And, and speaking of uh, of uh, Bill Randall's, what he what he had written too recently was how we in the West, and this includes Europe as well, if I can just stray a little bit here, because I think this is important, Joe, through this immigration crisis, for example. When you look a hundred years ago, when you look at Europe, they were in the midst of a a very uh, intense war that would ultimately bring in America and Australians and others, other nations, that had no connection to Europe whatsoever. Um... But anyway, when you when you look up look at the years leading up to the war, and look at the West, we especially America, looking looking at the West, which was at a zenith of power, wealth, and civilization, 
civilizational confidence. You, you look at it as then versus now. What happened? You know, the once feared Ottoman Empire was shown to be the sick man of Europe, if you think about it. Now, ISIL, okay, or ISIS, but more specifically ISIS, is attempting, and, and through the Hillary Clinton Department of State, attempting, and the Obama White House attempting to facilitate the resurrection of the Ottoman Empire, but that's a different matter. When you look at, at, at America today versus 100 years ago, what happened, and especially over the last 50 years, well, you have this mass migration to the West by those who cannot, will not, and refuse to assimilate into society, creating a, a clash of civilizations. If I can, that's definitely a huge problem. It's it's much more recent. But when you were talking, you made me think of something, uh, something we've referred to quite a bit on on the show, and that is, you know, if you take an 1850s English literature test for sixth grade and you gave it to a college graduate today, uh, you know, they wouldn't wouldn't be able to pass it for for the vast percentage of them. So... Through the Department of Education, which was not even started until after 1950, what was it that intentionally changed the language, shortened the words, changed the meanings of words that brought us to the point where we were the, uh, and when I say enlightened, we were the, I mean, we were the enlightened ones. And I don't mean that in a uh, new age or Gnostic way, but we were very intelligent then. We yeah, were exactly. able to do for ourselves. Exactly. We were able to read at a uh, rate that is a hundred times higher than today in the same language we speak. How does that even make sense? Hmm. R- rhetorical question, indeed. I mean, exactly. Now, just to bump back here to uh, Bill Randall's, and, and I think he, I think he's a just a, an incredible author and writer. But I just want to close out my segment with this. You know, when I was talking about looking at uh, 100, 100 years ago, and he was writing about a hundred years ago, America, and of course the West, and versus Europe, and, and looking at the. Uh, comparing this to, for, for example, when a body is weakened enough, it loses its immunity or the immunity it once had, okay, to, to uh, opportunistic diseases, okay? So when you weaken a country, it's the same principle. And, and in the early to mid part of the last century, Europe became very susceptible to, for example, atheistic philosophies. That includes communism, national socialism. All right, because of their weakened state. So by the time the Second World War was over, and again, this goes back to me saying the further back you look, the further ahead you can see, and, and make the comparisons between, and you hear this all the time, between uh, 1930s Germany and America today. Think about this. By the time the Second World War was over, Europe was just spent. They were exhausted. They were spiritually and uh, morally cooked, basically. And remember the quote about um, from Jesus. He warned that a house cannot stay empty forever spiritually. Um, by the second, by the time the Second World War was over, Europe was 
an empty house. Uh, empty, for the most part, of faith in God and faith in Christianity. This is the very tactic that the globalists want or are using to create this spiritual emptiness in the house of America, in the house of the West. And once more, what did Jesus say about it? Uh, Jesus warned that a house cannot stay empty forever spiritually. Either the choice will be made to fill the emptiness with something good and wholesome, for example, a true religious revival or a true spiritual revival, or, folks, the choice will be made for you because a non-choice is in by itself a choice. So, for the warning is that seven worse spirits will come into the house and the last day will be the worst than the first, basically. Look at what's taking place right now. I mean, look at what has happened. Many of us have seen. Yeah, yeah, it, indeed it is. worse spirits. You, cleanse, your, you clean, cleanse yourself of one spirit through Christ. Yep. And you fall back into that sin, and seven spirits worse than what you just had to cleanse from yourself come with it. That's right. And I would How much harder does it get? <laughs> yeah. Well, these I'm citing now from Bill Randall's. Uh, if you've never heard of Bill Randall's, uh, it's a, Pastor Bill Randall's blog is is where I'm citing from his article, "How the West Was Weakened." And but but basically, what we're looking at here is, um, well, it, it, look at the post-war years. There was a sharp East and West split for the world. It became bipolar, and Europe certainly showed or reflected this because in the East you had communism under Russia ruled, atheism was enforced and people suffered in the West you had capitalism or in Bill Reynolds' words, materialism that flourished the Allies rebuilt the shattered half of Germany and this through the economy it, it roared back to life but, but and, and okay, so fast forward here. Many of us lived to see the Berlin Wall come down and the Western model prevail. Didn't we dance and rejoice basically to see limited free market principles improve the the yeah, condition of those who suffered? Right, right, <laughs> right, yeah, right yeah. But okay, but but look at it this way. Um. I referenced, and Bill Randall's actually referenced, and I'm just citing from Bill Randall's the uh, how the uh, the emptiness, the house cannot stay empty. Well, one of the big, according to Bill Randall's here, citing him, one of the tragic markers of this emptiness is seen in the death of the marriages and childbearing. For example, the major European nations they they just simply have not been reproducing to replace themselves. It's and if almost I can as if go ahead. the U.S. Yeah. has the lowest birth rates in over two decades. There you go. And, and, and Wright's Bill Reynolds is this: What is a culture without occultus? C-U-L-T-U-S. The core of the word culture is called uh, called is a, is religion is religion. And Europe is dying, and the cause is the lack of true religion. Europeans have also bought into the atheistic values of personal peace and affluence, as have Americans. Well, after and, the Inquisition in Europe, I can see why. But well, America... Well, 
should have uh, it shouldn't there was no reason for America to ever turn away. I mean, look at the blessings bestowed upon it through morality standing on the precepts and principles of God. But, exactly. But but here in America and throughout the West, what we're experiencing is this this vacuum and this empty house. And isn't that I mean, isn't that going going back to the Bible and biblical and looking at the news through a scripture or through the scripture or through a biblical perspective, we're seeing an empty house here in America. We are morally and spiritually empty, bankrupt. So that that's a vacuum. Nature and the vacuum vacuums. won't shut just by Hillary Clinton closing her mouth. It, it's going to take much more. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, see, and isn't it interesting? Because when you look at Islam, the cult of Islam, they have this religion which they adhere to, which they adhere. It's false. It's satanic, but it's nonetheless a religion. Cites Bill Randalls. It, it, it turns out one can't resist a religion even if it's false with non-religion it just won't work and this is how our nation is being weakened through the luciferian concept of of uh, practical and ideological uh, tactics i said all that because at the very end of all of this we could uh, no okay just to kind of sum it up, no one is challenging the, the quote narrative. No one is asking questions, or very few are asking questions about the revised history. I'd rephrase that. that. I'd with. say very few questions are being answered because there the alternative go. media is starting to do a great job at really, you know, uh, diving into these issues. The problem is that the alternative media doesn't have this, a seat at the press corps and is not invited to, you know, the press briefings and question and answer uh, parts of, of uh, whether it's Senate, can, you know, hearings to um, presidential very speeches. Very well said. You're right. You, no, you, you are right because, you know, I, I guess, uh, is the independent media waking people up? Yes, they are. Are we winning the information war? I would say we're winning battles. Are we, are we winning the war? Ah, man, I mean, we're winning some battles. Or, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe we're winning the larger war but losing a lot of very visible battles. I don't know. But nonetheless, we what we're seeing here um, is is the criminal element being exposed. And the question I have is what are we going to do about this exposure, other than stomp our feet and, and you know pound on the table and say this is wrong? And who's going to do it? Who's going to stand up and do it? Who's going to take the action? What action do we have to take? Well, I think in Jefferson's 1801 inaugural address, I think we, we know what we have to do. And I'm not advocating anything violent here. I'm just saying I, I do think that we have to have a reset uh, and the criminal element of, of our government has to be excised. Right? Don't they? Exposed, well, excised? The to the, that would be the, uh, you know, getting rid of the crim, criminal element in our uh, executive branch would be uh, getting to the root or foundation of the problem, but at the same time, it starts at the local level. And when you say who's going to be there to stand up against and, and call out these people and ask the questions, well, that comes down to each and every person out there. Uh, you can't depend on us, and I say this in a way that is meant 
to empower other people but you can't depend on us and, and anybody else in the, in the alternative media um, to get to the bottom of anything uh, we can do our best to do what we can and we might get to the bottom of some things we might not but we will certainly try but the more people that get on board and start asking questions and start getting involved the, the easier it will be for people like us and people like yourselves to get to the truth of the matter. If you just want to believe what the talking points of today were, which was public outcry, reversed the DOJ from releasing a revised transcript as the truth, then we do have power. There, but, there you go. Thank you. you yes. know, but, but still to be seen I just wanted, it's really true. In, in the one minute or a couple of minutes we have, I just want to take one minute and say this to, to go back to the opening of the show. Yesterday, as I was sitting and watching the sunrise on Father's Day and, and, and pondering everything, I, I, I really wanted to take a pen and a piece of paper, and I thought about this, and writing a note of apology to my children for apologizing for years for not doing anything, for being having my head in the sand and, and not taking the reins of being a leader to bring us to where we're at today. I just wanted to say that because that, that was on my heart. But maybe we are making a difference. Go ahead and, and take us out, Joe. Well, we, we definitely are making a difference. And uh, I can say this as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you were very involved in my, <laughs> in my life and helping me fix the, the mistakes I made, even though it was the hard way a lot of times. Uh, making the tough decisions on your part. So I don't think you have anything to feel sorry for there. But I would take away from that each person to reflect, um, you know, and move forward. Use the, use the reflection time in realizing where you may have fallen short in certain areas of your life and decide that you're not going to let that affect you from this point on and, and work from there to a position of being a better leader, better father, better uh, person in the community and being part of the positive change that is in America that has been dormant for 100 years. Well said. Folks, tomorrow, tomorrow Jack Cashel. That's right, in studio. God bless, man. Joe, thanks, buddy. Have a good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.